Happening, everyone. Welcome to the Paranormals. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Dogbot. What's up? Howdy, y'all. Howdy. And up from the dungeon, uh, you better be taking notes, but uh, Grognak, what's up? Good morning, Skellywags. Good morning. It's dark outside. What's wrong with you? Uh, a lot of guys listen to this at work in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good morning to everybody listening to us on your AirPods at work. Yes, those podcast enjoyers. I um I haven't been able to enjoy podcasts at work recently because of the loud noises. It's very loud. I know you you got a very loud place, right, Grognak, where you work. Yeah, it's basically like hell. There's like people screaming in torment all around me. Well, powerful. that's the du- that's the dungeon, but I'm talking about like the uh, the the tool shed. Yeah, power tools too. Yeah, yeah, screaming power tools. <laughs> Yeah, they're um today they're they're doing siding on the building, so it's just that that chop saw and fourteen inch wide like metal siding, whatever the hell they're called. It's just yeah, but like like thousand decibels. Oh, it's fucking great all day long. That was awesome. See, I still want to play D anD D with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So I can make the noises. So I can do the- <laughs> I always yeah. do sound like that's. Dude, ever since I was a kid, like you just do sound effects for everything. Everything he falls down is you know the I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. Something fell down the stairs. You know. <laughs> I try to listen to audiobooks at work, but every time I have one on, uh, suddenly that's when people decide to uh, approach me and they just start they start talking and don't give me a chance to pause where I'm at. And uh, and you lose trying your place. to trying to like. With Telegram audiobooks, trying to scrub back just a few minutes. Oh, it's like impossible. Oh, it yeah, is, dude. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the worst. You, you end up like you end up like jumping an entire hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's frustrating. It's a ter- it, I mean, it's such an amazing app for so many things, but like listening is not one of them. Uh, for free audiobooks, I'm I'm happy with it, but the but just trying to listen to them at at my job is difficult. I don't listen to podcasts, so, you know. Why would you listen to any podcast besides this one? Uh, there, I mean, there are a couple that have interesting episodes from time to time, but I'll just put that on the car or something. You know, that way nobody's interrupting me and I can just have it on. Maybe, why would you, Grognak, why, why would you listen to this podcast? I listen to this podcast to hear my own voice. Do you really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my, my favorite ones are the ones I'm not on because I'm still a listener. I get to yeah. listen to them. Yeah, I I mean, I have to listen because I do all the producing of the show, so I have to edit out um, stuff. Uh, but I'll, I'll listen to some of the ones I'm on from time to time to hear the dulcet tones of my voice. Dulcet? Or you mean dulcet? Dulcet with a T. But your your voice is not dulcet tones, by the way, pal. The soothing sound of my voice. <laughs> Stop it! Come on, man. 
It's early. It's early in the show. Don't start that shit now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, what's t- today's Saturday? That's right. Today is Saturday. I am on another run of uh, no days off at work, so it's all good. It's that part. It's that time in the job where it's like everything's on fire and the building's on fire and the water's on fire and the fire's on fire. You know, and everything has to be done now. If you've never worked in construction, and you don't know what I mean, but if you have, holy shit, you know exactly what I mean. It is crazy now. So it's all good. Yeah, they're, they're still catching up from uh, Corona bullshit time, huh? Oh, dude, it's terrible. Um, well, I mean, a lot of construction in, in a lot of the states did not shut down during Corona. Um, a lot of the red states didn't. And where I'm at right now was not shut down. Um but they did have they did have quite a uh, you know nationwide there was quite a backlog of stuff going on construction. And we then, still had I I brought the one of the kobolds to uh, the doctors this week and we still had to wear a mask. What? Fucking Massachusetts, dude! It Max Massachusetts, Taxachusetts, Massachusetts. Well, I guess they I guess we stopped doing that shit in March or uh, May May. What masks? Yeah. Oh, they're stopping in May? Yeah. Oh, one so of the last ones. It's like us in Connecticut. Of course it's Connecticut. Connecticuts. I went and saw Mastodon and Gohira, and there was somebody in there was somebody in the hold, uh, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Who? Mastodon and Gohira? Mastodon? Gojira. Gojira? Gojira. It is pronounced the way the Japanese pronounce Godzilla. Gojira. Dude, I just found that out like a couple months ago. That's where they got their name. They got their name from the way Japanese pronounce Godzilla. Because they were called Godzilla, right? And right. then they were like, uh, I don't think we can call ourselves that because of uh, copyrights. Yeah. Well, that's actually so, not how they said it. Uh, Joe Duplantier said, I do not think we can call ourselves that anymore. We must call ourselves Gojira. He did not have that much of a French accent when he was talking he, his libtarded bullshit between the he last doesn't. three songs. Well, I'm pretty sure he's. I'm pretty sure that he speaks really good English. And it, uh, it was it was funny. He was he said he he stopped and he was like, "This next song is dedicated to all the indigenous peoples around the world." And I turned to my friend. I was like, "Oh, now's a good time for me to go take a piss." What song was it though? I don't know. I'm not I'm like I, I'm not. I don't listen to them. Are oh, you not a Gojira fan? You're Mastodon fan. Yes. Yes. That's but, right. Uh, they 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 put on an, a fantastic performance, and I really did try to listen to the first two or three albums uh, before the show because mm-hmm. all my friends who like Gojira, Gojira. I'm gonna have to no Gojira. Gojira. It's like G. Yes, like like Xi Jinping, like the Chinese guy. Yes, Gojira. Uh, I'm I'm Gojira. I'm gonna say Gojira again tomorrow. But it, uh, no, like, you're not. Uh, I mean, the, the, it's fine. I people, don't care. Actually, the people I know that actually listen to them have have all said the first three albums are where it's at, and then at, definitely not the most recent stuff. Yeah, apparently the most recent stuff has some of the. Uh, most libtarded of lyrics. All right, I thought where it's at was Beck. Sorry. I'm sorry? I, I thought where it's at was Beck. You said, you know, where it's at. Isn't that a Beck album? They said that's where it's at. Oh, like oh, where oh. the good, where the oh, good, oh, Gohira oh, that's where is, the good Gojira is. Yeah. First three albums. Their first three albums are actually pretty fucking crushing. I like them a lot. Um, and 
when they did the the Whales in Outer Space album, I forgot the name of that album was, but um, they started being extremely libtarded. Music it's is still Flying great. Whales, isn't it? What's that? Isn't it called Flying Whales? I don't think that's the name of the album. Oh, it's a song title. Yeah, yeah. So the last song had animation on in the background, and it had the band uh, had Gohira's uh, astronauts <laughs> in a spaceship. And they were flying through hyperspace and stuff like that, and it was it was really cool. It kind of looked like, um, uh, do you remember Titan AE? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. It kind of had that sort of sort of look to it. You know, not 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 really like Japanimation or anything, but not really like American, like totally right, American right. looking stuff either. And I was like, uh oh, I I have a feeling I know where this is gonna. Where this is going to end, <laughs> you know, like 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 there's there's got to be a bad ending to this, right? Well, they land on the, like the the spaceship lands on some planet, and it's it's a jungle, it's it's just a jungle wilderness, and it's dangerous, right? And and the band's making their way through it, and they get to a clearing, and they're all distraught, and then it turns from them to what they're looking at, and it's Paris. Covered in jungle with the Eiffel Tower leaning, covered in vegetation. I mean, it's probably nicer than it is now. I mean, isn't I mean, isn't that what they want though? That's really what they want. Yeah, it's like, isn't this the future you libtards want? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, that doesn't look so bad. Yeah, you're all about rewilding the malls. Yeah. Anyway, like, I was thinking. I was thinking, you damn dirty apes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, it, it, it reminded me of the last scene of Planet of the Apes, you know, where he sees the, yeah, no, the, I know the, the Statue scene. of Liberty mm-hmm. poking out of the beach. Yep. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I, I'm sure that was supposed to be part of it. Well, that movie, what was it called? 93 just came out recently with uh, Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That looks terrible. The dinosaur. My kid wants to see it because dinosaurs. So. Well, isn't that just the exact same thing as the Will Smith movie that came out a few years ago that he did with his son where they landed on Earth and all the animals had evolved to be predatory towards humans? Yeah, I forgot what that was called. Yeah, I, that had to have been a stinker because like, no, it was like Wendigos and Bang or something. Came out. No, wait, that's that's somebody in the chat. Um. Shit, what was I going to say? Yeah, no, that movie, yeah, you're right. But the, what the Gojira video reminds me of that 93 movie, which reminded you yeah. of that Will Smith movie, <clears throat> where, because Adam Driver goes into the, quote, future, but it's Earth 93 million years ago when there's dinosaurs, or 65, 65, not 93. 93 million, I get these satanic numbers con- confused. It, we all it, do. It's okay. You can't keep up with them. It, it's hard. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. There is... um. I mean, I have a lot of things going on. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things to laugh at. A lot of, a lot of clown world going on. Um, I just sold off a Stegosaurus last week. Wait, Son like a, a, bitch. a complete one? A whole one? Yeah. Where the yeah. fuck did you get that? I'm not going to divulge that. Well, you can DM Fair. it to me. You better DM me the information. The dinosaur market is hot. The dinosaur market. That's where you got the DM. Okay. The dinosaur market. The, the DM is on the deal. Easy with the deal. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, but the the movie 65 is the same thing. He goes back or forward in time or whatever, or he goes to another planet. Or yeah, That's right. He goes to another planet, and it's Earth 65 million years ago. Except he's got futuristic weapons and his daughter or something. Do you know it was almost 20 years ago? Oh, man, a lot of things. A lot of things. Uh, 1995. Yeah, I know. I know. What was what was it? Uh, wasn't that a Smashing Pumpkin song? Uh, no, that was uh, 1975. 1975, 79, 1979. That's yep. right. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? It's Smashing Pumpkins. Dude, there was this guy, speaking of Smashing Pumpkins. There's this guy at work. He's from Texas, and he's uh, he's he's one of your people, Dogwood. He's a DJ, um, and. He's into he's into making his own music and stuff. So he's got and he's into like boutique uh, effect pedals and stuff. Like you know to play like and his apparently his favorite guitar player is Billy Corgan and his favorite band is Smashing Pumpkins. His favorite band that's not electronic is is, is uh, Smashing Pumpkins. And all he would talk about whenever we bring up guitar stuff is this pedal that Billy Corgan uses and that pedal that Billy Corgan uses. And I was like, dude, yeah. And he would talk about how deep the lyrics were and stuff. I'm like, bro, stop. Stop. Is he like a good guitar player? I didn't even like oh, Billy Corgan. He's not even the lead guitarist of the band. I'm a, I forgot he even played. He plays the rhythm guitar. Everybody right, knows but, that the lead Billy guitar Corgan player is always known the better guitar for player. writing all the music. Yeah, he wrote everything. Yes, he, yes, he's another one of those Jonathan Davis. All oh, my dad raped me. Now I'm a billionaire singer. Uh, okay. Now to be fair, <laughs> I'm joking. That's really fucked up. To be fair, like there is a lot of deep esoteric concepts going on with Smashing Pumpkin releases. I just don't care for them that much, so I haven't really looked deeper into it. But Well, you could say that about literally any band, really. I don't know. I, I, I do think they are a little bit different than just any other band when it comes to that. Are like, you sure, When it though? comes to the intent behind putting like symbolism and deeper meaning into the music. There's, I mean, there's. You could say that with a lot of, maybe not every band. Okay, that's that's a little, a little too large of a net to cast there. But lots of bands put lots of esoterica and lots of symbolism in their lyrics and artwork and stuff. And so there's, do you there's remember sh- my bold proclamation that all bands with four letters are inherently pretentious? It's not bold. It's fucking accurate as fuck. Right. Yeah. I know. Because I mean. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, because yeah. it's that, true. I mean, you said it Billy, true, dude. Sorry. Billy Corgan's in between band Zwan, Z W A N. Oh my god, how pretentious was that band? That was that is probably in the top five. Shut of up. Pre- of pretentious four letter bands, I've never that, heard of Zwan. Ever existed? You never. You never. You, did you? Okay, I don't blame you for not having heard it. But you, but you know what my you know what my wheelhouse is. My wheelhouse is like death metal, and so. Sure. I, I had a friend at the time who was really into Billy Corgan's music, mm-hmm. and I I was present when this album was playing, and, and I was tool. like, holy crap, this is... like I, I thought I knew what Pretentious was, but that, that album is... That album is top-tier Pretentious level. Really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Like, like later Beatles Pretentious? Mm. Uh, sure. Sure, because it, like John Lennon, pretentious. Uh, that's tough. Like Roger Waters, pretentious. Oh man, M- Modest Mouse, pretentious. Ouch. Yeah. Um, 
I know, but 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 not wrong. Uh, okay, I don't th- like. I don't think they're as pretentious as they have a reputation. For. <laughs> I don't think Tool does either. But other than Maynard, you know. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I I get it. I get it. So they're Zwan. I got to check them out now. All right, DB. Do you think that Richard James is pretentious? Rick oh, James. Uh, Richard D. James is a pretentious man. Who's Richard? I care because you do came out in '95. Yes, I care because you do was a fantastic album. Hold on, who? It's one of my favorites for me. From him, who? It, which is funny because it has some of his goofiest material on it. Yeah, it does. Hold on, who? Who is this? You may know him better as Aphex Twin. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Which? Which? Wow! Messes, wow! Thanks, which, Grognak. Which always messes <laughs> people up because uh, oh. Aphex Twin is one guy, right? No, I did so, know that. I didn't. That was one of the things. Is like, yeah, Aphex Twin is one dude. What really? Yes, it would screw people up because Daft Punk is two people, but Aphex Twin is one guy. I don't. Why would Daft Punk screw that up though? Because it's it's a singular. It's a like is it Daft Punk. A Daft uh, Punk? Punk, like a yeah. Daft well, Punk? like yeah. the implied. Did you ever hear about one of the things he did with his money? Was buy a Sherman tank. Oh my he God, didn't buy awful. a Sherman tank. He bought one of those uh, little French bastard tanks. Oh, I got it wrong. He bought a tank, and, though. And he but he bought a tank. Music awards. Yeah. yeah, he bought he bought a he not one with a working uh, gun, but one with working uh, yeah treads. <laughs> what were those little French tanks that kind of looked like ducks? I forgot what they were called. Oh, I'm totally. I uh, uh, it'll it'll come to me later, but yeah, 1995 was a great year. Yeah, well, I mean, not so great for a cer- not not so great for. Dude, there's a lot of stuff. Dude, there's a lot of stuff in in 95. Um, did you know the the World Trade Organization was established? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I thought they were just around forever. It's just one of those time honored no. institutions. No, the WTO replaced uh, the GATT, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade. Huh. Mm-hmm. January first, as a matter of fact, first day of the year. Oh, just get getting the getting the year start off right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was a uh, there was a Norwegian rocket incident uh, exploded. Oh, they hit the firmament. Hold on, is it briefly interpreted as an income? Oh no, I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, oh, wait, did the Russians shoot it down? Hold on. The Norwegian rocket incident, known as the Black Brant Scare. When a team of Norwegian-American scientists lost a Black Brant 12 four-stage sounding rocket from the coast of Norway, reached an altitude... Oh, I'm sorry. So the Russia... Okay, so this rocket was launched, and Russia thought it was an incoming missile attack, so they went to, like, DEFCON 5 and went full, like, finger on the button. The Norwegian wow. rocket incident was a few minutes of post-Cold War nuclear tension that took place nearly four years at the end of the, after the end of the Cold War. While not as well known as the Cuban Missile Crisis or the 1983 Soviet nuclear false alarm incident. What? Nuclear false alarm incident? That sounds very uh, Yeah, that was when on Ancient Aliens, they said that aliens came and uh, flipped all the activation switches. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Uh, Thank you for triggering that memory. Yes. Yeah, and then and then they were able to stop it before we pre-launched 
because we had sensed that they had turned all their shit on. Mm-hmm. Yes, for some some reason we knew the switches had been flipped and the keys were starting to be turned, and it was like, wait a minute. But it was yeah. a false alarm. Like, no, 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 let's 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 shoot ours first. Yeah, right. Yep. Mutually assured destruction. That's the whole thing. It, impl- okay, implying. We're, well, we're going to mutually assure uh, destruction. Are we going to imply that nukes are real for this particular moment? I mean, we did four episodes to the contrary. But I'm saying, are we, I mean, for this incident, are we going to, no? Okay, no, we're not. Nukes are fake. No, yeah. no. Like it, It's just, it, you have to keep the, you have to keep the mythology going, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to, you got to, you got to reinvigorate it once in a while, like, like right now, they have basically. It looks like a cast of a Netflix sci-fi series that's mm-hmm. that are going to be the next people going on the moon. They're the they're they're going to be on the Artemis, right? Yeah, you know, they they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go back to the moon fifty years later. Yeah, and they got to keep that stuff going, man. Yeah, yeah. Um. What else happened in '95? There was the Bosnian, uh, the Bosnian and Serbian commanders are charged with genocide, and I'm pretty sure that's what led up to uh, Slobodan Project, who drinking poison in 2017. Yes, uh, that is why. Yeah. Um, How did he get a hold of it? it? Oh, it doesn't matter. It made it made for one of the best meme. It's one of the best memes of all time. Yeah. Ever. Do you think that's real? Yeah. Do you think that was real? The Slobodan Project, whatever the fuck his name is. I, I don't know, but I, I was always wondering if there was anybody that was pushing the meme that Milosevic did nothing wrong, you know? I mean, did he do anything wrong? I don't know. I, don't, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't actually tell you <laughs> what happened in, with the Bosnian War. I, I All I know... The 90, I lived through the 90s and only casually heard that things were going on in the country called Bosnia, Herzegovia. and there was a country called Serbia. Bosnia-Herzegovina. Remember, it was called Bosnia Herzegovina first. I, I do not remember that second half. Okay. Uh, it sounded like you sneezed. Right. I almost said well, you want to know how I know about this? Because uh, right after the Bosnia Serbian thing, um, we ended up with a bunch of Bosnian refugees in Connecticut. And oh, we have a f- we have a few here, and they're Muslim. Yes, they are Muslim. They're all white. They're Muslim. Yeah, they're all super white, <laughs> very white, and a lot of the girls are really pretty. Um, Blue eyes, green eyes, but like right, all- and the dudes, the dudes are really weird looking, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. makes you wonder, like, if if you had a kid with one of these pretty Bosnian girls, and it was a boy, what if it ended up looking like one of these weird dudes? Right, that's why you didn't do that. Plus, they're a Muslim, so yeah, yeah, yeah. F- fuck that. Um, let me see. There was a banking collapse in uh, 2015. Barings Bank, the oldest investment banking firm, collapsed after one guy, Nick Leeson. He loses one point four billion by speculating in the Tokyo Stock Exchange. Hmm. I wonder what happened in Tokyo in that that year. But anyways, yeah, one of the big banks closed. Um, They're probably uh, just and, not allowed to trade with the rest of the world like usual. Yeah, right. Uh, the Somalian conflict was kicked off in ninety five. Um, Mike Tyson got out of jail after being in prison for three years. Right after uh, raping that the. Uh, the girl, uh, the that, chick from uh, uh, Family Ties, from fa- Family Ties. His no, uh, the chick from Different Strokes. Um, the one that ended up a drug addict. Uh, 
Or was she on 21 Jump Street? Uh, Robin Givens, his wife? Yeah. No, Robin Givens was on that show with Howard Hessman, head of the class, which also had the fat pedo that runs Nickelodeon's pedo shows. What's his name? Dan Schneider? Wow, really? Yeah. Dan Schneider played a high school kid in that show, yeah. I remember I remember that show coming on when I was a kid. That wasn't there like an angry British dude that was the teacher? No, it was Howard Hessman. It was the the DJ from WKRP. But he wasn't all like he wasn't always the teacher, right? That was the point of the show, is he was the teacher, yeah. WKRP was such a creepy show. A weird creep Lonnie Anderson and yeah, it was a very strange show. That's the eighties, yeah. though. All right, we're we're still in ninety five. What else happened? Uh, the Shenzhen Agreement, right? The Shenzhen Zone. I have no idea what that is. You don't know what the the Shenzhen Zone? It's um, it's an area that covers from uh, let me see, where is it? Da-da-da-da. The agreement was. Where's the? Just give me a, a rundown. Where's the QRD here? Somebody give me a QRD on this. I don't know. It sounds. It's Asian. No, well, the, yeah, I know, right? But this, it's, is, this is like a pop quiz. It's in Shenzhen, Luxembourg. So. I know. Did, did anything cooler happen in 1995? I know, right? It's just a bunch like, of bad shit, dude. Right? A bunch of bad shit. Um, the first Chechen war started. Um, let me see. Let me scroll did anything happen in America? Anything cool? Anything cool? I'm looking. Nothing. No, everything is all happening except for one thing that happened. Oh, wait, wait, US astronaut came out. Norman Thagard, astronaut Norman Thagard breaks NASA's space endurance record of 14 days, one hour and 16 minutes aboard the Russian space station. Oh, mm. speaking of space. So a guy at work is ultra liberal, very, very liberal. He wants to work. Um, he heard that in Ohio, uh, they're building the new Intel chip factory. And it's being run by Bechtel, by the way. We've, we've talked about them a little bit uh, because, of course, it is. And uh, he wants to go work at the Intel job. He wants to go to Ohio and work in the Intel job because it's his patriotic duty to make sure that the United States beats out Taiwan and China in chip manufacturing. I never heard of that before. But anyways, his brother apparently uh, is a big auctioneer. He like, told me about all these things. He's, he's you know bragging about his brother but i guess his brother bought a collection from a dead nasa engineer and it's got all kinds of journals and paperwork and photographs from like apollo gemini missions and stuff he was showing me his brother sent him some pictures of some of the stuff he sent me a few or he showed me a few of the pictures and one of them is from the gemini capsule and you can see the moon and over the moon. I don't know if you guys have seen these pictures, but over the moon, there was a, a UFO, unidentified flying object. Have you guys ever seen any of these pictures? I don't, actually, I don't think these are, these were released. So these were classified. But so he said something. He's like, what do you think that is? I was like, well, it's obviously something. He's like, yeah, well, what do you, he's like, I was like, you don't think it's a little green men in, 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 in like little spacesuits, do you? And he started going off about aliens, and he's clearly a big fan of uh, Giorgio Sukulos and company. And I was like, well, if anything, I didn't, I didn't get into Space is Fake because he's a huge NASA believer, and I don't want to start an argument like that. I was like, well, if, if anything, honestly, in my opinion, that's probably one of those black budget things that they, uh, when, they, when they got Project Paperclip, they stole all that stuff from the Nazis. 
And he said, you think in 1963 they had technology like that? I'm like, absolutely. Tesla died in what, 1920? When did Tesla yeah, who die? Who knows? Yeah. Right. Honestly, who knows what kind of stuff that they've oh, been making wait, and wait, working it, on. Wait, as soon as I said that, he started laughing. And it, it turned into the laugh at the guy defense. <laughs> that's, there's no way that's possible. <laughs> 1965, 1963, are you kidding me? <laughs> no way, no way, no. No, 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 no. We barely had rocket stuff. Ever. We didn't even get out of the atmosphere until... <laughs> there's no way. You know, you know it was also not possible in 1965? What's the that? Beatles writing Rubber Soul. Well, because they didn't. Oh, wait, what? that was, what, 1967 or 1965? I'm just saying they didn't write it. Well, I know they didn't. Mm. There's oh. no way they did some of those songs in two takes. No, gotta, no, in two takes, and they, dude, they couldn't even play their instruments when they first started. Anybody that knows anything about trying to make a song with three other guys knows it's going to take more than two takes. To, oh my god, to, are you kidding me? To put yeah, out a banger. Yes, you know, and they put out banger after banger after banger after banger. Well, I mean, if you want to call them that, but you know, um, Salt Lake City hosted the Olympics and. And uh, it's the first time they were, oh, they were selected, excuse me, to host the, Olymp- the 2002 Winter Olympics. Um, what else? Uh, there's there's a, a woman completed a circumnavigation around the world. Interesting. Space shuttle Atlantis docks with, did docking, huh? With Russian Mir space station for the first time. Oh, when did we get rid of uh, space shuttles? Um. Permanently? I don't know. I saw one flying. I showed you guys the pictures of the one flying over San Francisco. That was 2009, I think. Oh, wasn't it Obama that discontinued the uh, the space shuttles? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And, th- and then that was like a conservative talking point. Now we got to ride aboard Russian rockets. Yep. Yeah, we got to tag along our, with our enemy. In order to go to our own space station. Yeah. Ah, ah, oh, bummer. Oh, bummer. Hey. Thanks, Obama. Why don't you go to the golf course again? I'm on vacation again. <laughs> go to Martha's Vineyard. Well, anyway. he's probably visiting. He's probably visiting uh, J and RFK. As old as they are. No, they're dead. mRNA, but not by in 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 the um, mRNA in the milk now. By the way, in the milk, mm-hmm. yummy. Like, yeah. Mm. If you're if you're still drinking milk. I don't know what to tell you. Dude, I drink milk. Yeah, but not anymore. I drink you organic can't. milk. Love it. Okay. You got to get, you got to make sure you're getting the unvaccinated. Just go to your local farm and get, go to your raw milk dealer and get some raw milk. Yeah, you make it sound so freaking easy. <laughs> I know, right? No. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, problem. it's just right down the street. I mean, you know? <laughs> no, I get it. But like, yeah, it's like, don't you live in Texas? Aren't there cows like everywhere? Yeah. Do you know how big Texas is? It's huge. There's cows everywhere, though. Right? It sucks driving everywhere. But isn't like, there cows? Everything like, literally? is far. I know, dude. It's I know. But no, I'm, um, they're doing mRNA in the milk now. mRNA vaccines for cows. So be careful with your meat and your milk nowadays. They'll get you somehow. They'll get that mRNA into you somehow. All right. So what else happened? In uh, there was the non-nuclear, non-proliferation treaty was extended. And then a big bad thing happened in uh, the United States. Big bad thing happened in April. One day before a very famous person's birthday. The Nine Inch Nails Marilyn Manson tour? No. Jim Rose Circus Sideshow? No. 
That was Lollapalooza. No. No, they, they had their own tour. But I remember that. Too. But the, but the Jim Rose thing was on on Lollapalooza tour too. Yeah. Yeah, that's where they I think that was their first show was the first Lollapalooza. And then they went on tour with Marilyn Manson and yeah, that makes sense. I remember that now. That was 96 though, wasn't it? Or was it 95? 95. It was? Uh, Jim Jim Rose is Jewish, right? Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a feeling. He's yeah, he's named after a flower, so yes. So in the video for happiness happiness for happiness and slavery mm-hmm. it's got that one guy that puts all the like pokes himself with all the stuff yeah it's, it's horrific mm-hmm. oh it, yeah. everything about jim rose's circus sideshow is is gross mr right. lifto now, now it's all tame mr lifto yeah that, yeah, that guy yeah yeah it's not ross jim ross no oh, jim ross is from wwe dude okay i got mandela effect no, you were just wrong. That's you can't use that. <laughs> it's not Mandela. No, that's just you're incorrect. That's all good though. Um, yeah, nothing good happened in '95, man. I'm looking. There's, a, I have this list of th- of very important stuff. Nothing really good, you know. Um, oh wait, no, something really good did happen on September 9th, nine nine ninety five. Sony entered the North American video game market with the release of the PlayStation. And then Silent Hill came out and changed the world forever. Silent Hill came out in like 97. Oh. Yeah, 95 was, a, I mean, their first games were, yeah, Silent Hill was, Resident Evil was way before Silent Hill. And Resident Evil, we had the Japanese version. I remember um, I had gotten a playable demo of the Japanese version. I was a manager for Funko Land in Connecticut before GameStop bought up all the, the video game stores. Um, but Funko Land was the pioneer of the, uh, oh, you paid 60 bucks for that? We'll give you five. You know, and, they get, and then sell it for 40. That's what, yeah, that's, they, they pioneered that shit. And um, they used to sell uh, Game Boy and Game Gear and Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and uh, Sega CD. And then when Saturn and all of them came out, we, we had all those. So I got a playable demo, like a 15-minute playable demo of, uh, or like the first, quarter of the first level of the house for the first resident evil and i recorded myself playing it for like the length of a videotape and i just put it on on the tvs in the store and i and i like it was like that was when funko lane invented the pre-sale was people wanted to buy that game i'm like well it's not out yet it's not going to be out in the united states until blah 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 well can we put money down on it and like i we got the corporate thing involved, and I think Funko Land, the Resident Evil was like the thing that got Funko Land to start the uh, Reinhardt's banking system. Nobody gets that. Huh. Yeah, he would. He just goes. Reinhardt goes into uh, into GameStop and pre-orders a game, pays sixty dollars, or you know, pre-orders two games, puts one hundred and twenty dollars, and then when he needs money, he goes in and he's like, you know what, I'm not going to get that game. Give me my sixty bucks back. No, I never heard about that. Oh, you didn't hear about that? That is like the greatest scam of learn, all time. Did he learn that from Dave Ramsey? I'm going to say Dave Ramsey. That's that's like some very high-level Dave, Dave Ramsey stuff. I don't think that is in the... Uh, what's his book called? The, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Deal? No. Anyway. Man, um, what else happened in 95? The day before a very important person's birthday... On the nineteenth, what do you, of April? What do you, what do you, what happened on the nineteenth of April in ninety five? You guys, 
Anybody? Uh, man. Come on, it's the Paranormies. Right. It's you right should... before that one guy's birthday. Yeah, George Takei. I, I don't know. It's George Takei's birthday on the 20th, you know, guys. Uh, who's that? <laughs> the, the gay Asian dude from Star Trek. That oh. Ha- that hates Donald Trump. I don't know why. I, I guess I just always imagined that pronounced as Takai. It's not like, Takai, you know, it's Takai, like a, yeah. Like George Takai. I think he says, at the end. I think he says, how does he say it? Does he say Takai? George Takai is gay. I think that's how it goes. I mean, yeah. I mean, that makes for a, a very convenient rhyme. Mm-hmm. I just like, I just. I think I always thought it was Takai as well when I was growing Takai. up, but then I heard I him like say it. I think I heard him say it, and I believe he says it to Kay, but I don't really care. Anyways, on the 19th of April, 1995, it was an extremely, you said to find something good that happened, and this is extremely the opposite. This is an extremely bad thing that happened, right? The first huge domestic terrorist attack in the United States. The first domestic terrorist attack, excuse me, major one. It wasn't the first one. What am I talking about? No, it was the first major one. It was the terrorist truck bombing. Let me get this out before I stumble again. Of the Alfred P. Murrow Federal Building in Oklahoma City. April 19th, 1995. The second anniversary of Waco. Hmm. Well, I mean, what are the odds? Right. Well, I mean, according... You know, according to the official narrative, uh, the reason that the incident occurred in the first place was to avenge the uh was to avenge the 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 waco attack siege excuse me the waco siege that ended up you know with the deaths of all those those people and children and you know david koresh and uh i can't remember the name of the guy that was standing on top of the dead bodies that went up for um didn't didn't get confirmed but biden tried to put him in oh i forgot that guy's name too uh but it's definitely the same guy. They were trying yeah. to. The mainstream media was trying to say that that's not the same dude. Uh, but they never said it was wrong for ATF agents to be posing for photos on top of this pile uh, of dead bodies. Basically, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like uh, it's not the same guy, but we're not going to condemn that somebody took this photograph <laughs> at all, right? So this remains. This is the deadliest domestic terror attack the deadliest act of domestic terrorism in u.s history second deadliest overall of all you know um two anti-government extremists and white supremacists oh look at this wikipedia perpetrated by two anti-government extremists and white supremacists uh grognick we're talking about this earlier but uh timothy mcveigh and terry nichols but only Timothy McVeigh was ever arrested. Yeah, I remember Nichols' name from when I was a kid. They mm-hmm. made sure to throw it around a lot, mm-hmm. but they never. There's no proof that he was in the vehicle. So, okay, I was young when this happened. Well, there was proof. I mean, there was witnesses. Lots of people saw all this, stuff. Right. right? But there's no there's no proof that Nichols was in the Ryder truck mm. at the Oklahoma building. Yes, Ryder truck. The Ryder truck. The which is now a meme, you know. Infamous. Yes, the infamous Ryder truck with the Anfo bomb. So if anyone's not aware, there is no video of Timothy McVeigh and friend getting out of the Ryder truck and then getting back into 
this alleged pickup truck that they took off in. Right. But there, there's cameras everywhere. It's a federal building. Mm. Well, there, no, there's video of him. There is video of him getting out of the truck, getting out of the right. But, truck. but we'll the, never see it. In the we'll, re- well it. you can't see it. But they did a reenactment of it. Remember? So you know, we were. I mean, this was Channel Four. Channel Four was the only news channel that wasn't changing its story the whole time, right? Because what happened was, from the time the incident happened, the news were right down there right away. The news, all the cameras were down there, all the news channels. Everybody was reporting on this giant thing. So let's let's back up, back up, back up. So the Arthur P. Murrah building was attacked by, according to Wikipedia now, two people. Um, we've always been told, I've always been told, I've always, you know, the news and whatever, that it was just Timothy McVeigh. You know, I've never, I mean, it was always, you know, the lone bomber, Tim- Timothy McVeigh. But when you watch these documentaries... Or now, apparently, look at Wikipedia. Uh, they say there was two of them, and they they tell about Terry Nichols. In the documentaries, they talk about Terry Nichols. You know, they give inter- you can see interviews with him. He seems Terry Nichols seems to be um, an extremely like his story is always well put together. Like he's reading it almost. You know, it's a script. I think. Ter- <laughs> yeah. So pretty the, sure Terry the- Nichols. Pretty sure Terry Nichols is uh, DB. You okay? That wasn't me, dude. Oh, okay. Well, Grognak, you all right? Something happened in the background there. Yeah, I smacked my, <laughs> smacked my table. The oh. wheelchair ramp to his dungeon just just flipped up. The, wheel- the portico of stores. Dude, you put a wheelchair in? Are you? Are you? No, that's that's no. nice of you. That's a wheelchair never, ramp. Excuse me, never, yeah. Handicap people don't leave the dungeon. Right. All right. Um, so, but hold on, hold on. What were you saying? Nichols um, came in because it was it, he had to do with when they tracked the rider truck down. It was. Um, it was rented to someone under the address of Nichols' brother. Right. Brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Jerry. So that's Nichols. how he entered the picture. But it's like together. Jerry Nichols, his brother, or whatever. It's very strange because Larry Nichols' brother, Larry, or so excuse me, um, it's not Larry Nichols, is it? Larry Nichols? No. What's what's Nichols' first name? Terry Nichols. Terry, right. The guy, well, the guy that I interviewed for the Clinton episode a few years ago was named Larry Nichols. And this Arthur P. Murrah building is connected to the Clintons, as we'll find out later. Just interesting that Bill Clinton's payoff guy, Larry Nichols, and in the Oklahoma City bombing, there was a Terry Nichols, who to me, looking at him, listening to him talk and stuff, uh, he's FBI or CIA. I mean, there's no way that guy's not an agent. Like these people, like, dude, did they not even try? Do you remember? Do you remember nine eleven? The guy with the Harley Davidson hat talking to the news. Uh, yeah, yeah. he's. I mean, that's, obviously, that's a, one of the most famous right crisis actors in the study of the crisis actor phenomenon right the the fbi push broom mustache the brand new harley davidson hat right yeah i forgot his precise quote but it's so canned it's like yeah and so, just like they it, said yeah. on television the jet fuel melted the beams and there came the then the, the pan, buildings pancaked like he almost said word for word like the official narrative yeah but what i'm saying is with these guys it's the same thing there's I don't know. They just look like agents. They look like cops, agents, you know, they have that. They just have that. You you can tell, you know, look to them. 
No? Am I the only one that sees this? I, 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 I'm going to have to agree with you. <laughs> listen, you- they, listen uh, all, the, all the people from the official video of the Oklahoma City bombing, after I watched it over again, it makes me feel very uncomfortable because it's hard to believe that some of these people are going through such lengths for such a put on. Right. Well, the black lady, the, the mother, the grandmother, excuse me. Right. I can't remember her name from the documentary or the here's the thing. Now, did people really die? Is this one of those? where? Um, no, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, they were bringing people out, but the ATF wasn't there. And ATF, there was an agent on the ground that told a person straight up that the ATF was told by via pager like everybody that worked at the atf was told via pager not to come to work that day okay so like one of the first witnesses there was told she saw an atf agent Mm -hmm. and the agent said no none of us were in the building at the time we were all out of the building and she was like oh that's kind of weird because the ones that were there that showed up almost right away were all in like you know black jumpsuits jackets and jumpsuits oh no there was there, you're right. No, no. The jumpsuit guys and, came later. The first guys that showed up was like a van full of. It was like a movie scene where a bunch of guys jump out with like with like sunglasses and khakis and yeah, uh, and heroes. ATF jackets. Yeah, action heroes. Yeah, and that's what the story became. It was even though at first a, a couple of witnesses were told no ATF officers were in the building, it changed to that two to three of them were in the building. One of them literally used his awesome martial arts skills to break through walls. To escape, okay. Uh, no, that was really cool. I, I, and like, he's like a karate Chuck Norris mastermind. Absolutely, it did not break any bones. His hands, uh, he didn't run into any studs or screws or any sort of electrical stuff. He just kicked and punched his way. Oh yeah, he, he just kicked and punched his way, no. s- side scrolling Chuck Norris through the walls to get out of the building. Okay, well, Johnny. Not, here's no, no. Here, here's where you really need to know what the what you're talking about oh do i not no because if you focus your chi oh right just the right way none of those obstacles that you listed matter Mm. db can i ask you a question how focused do you think your chi would be after a gigantic fertilizer explosion and half the building is gone vaporized i mean dude a lot of that building was fucking vaporized it wasn't just like blown up there was I am surprised, man. I didn't realize fertilizer was that deadly. Oh, well, we can get into the, the bomb logistics after, for sure. Right, but the building, like, a good third of it was gone. So the the ATF guys, mm-hmm. this, another one was uh, he leapt about five floors from the one he was on to rescue other people. Yes, he, uh, like, apparently Mario from Donkey Kong style, like, down the girders. Yeah, like like Spider Man or something. Spiderman, and, and then yes. another one was trapped in an elevator when the bomb went off, and he was able to get himself out of the elevator. He well, not was, just that, but the elevator dropped five floors. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, was apparently, according to an elevator expert, hang on, and someone who had actually worked on that building a few months prior, it didn't have the mechanisms in place for such a thing to even occur. So it was actually physically impossible for the elevator to do what the man described 
had happened. But these are all part of the little, the vignettes, the little stories that make up the big, the big picture. Just That's like right. Sandy Hook with the one guy who, uh, the the one guy who all the the school kids ran to his house and were the crying barber. and said, yeah, the "My barber teacher guy. died." And yeah. you know, the barber that said, "Yeah, you know, I had Adam Lanza in my chair." You know, like if I would have known, I would have ended it before he could have even started. Yeah, I would have stabbed him with my scissors on accident. But uh, you know, like it's like, it, it's what? all the little it's all the little vignettes when you when you get them all together, it makes for the bigger, like broader, word. beautiful story. I don't really like that word. Broader vignettes. Yeah, I don't know something about it. Well, all right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols were white supremacists, though, guys. Do you know that? Yes, this is well known. Mm. Every every militia movement has been uh, grouped in uh, as a white supremacist, right? Right. Yes. This is well. Yeah, I was part of because Pat they Kong. were all they were all implicitly white, and they mm. all were anti-government. So, so therefore, that makes you automatically white supremacist, right? And I mean. I, I remember watch. I don't remember which documentary it was. There was even like a Donahue, right? Are they talking? Yes. Remember Donahue? Dude, no, I, I remember the episode that you're talking about where talk he about just kept saying fucking pointed questions. So you live in the woods? You guys live in the woods? So yes, you live in the you woods? Live in the woods, don't you? I huh? live in a house uh, in, in yeah, the woods. But it's, but it's, it's in, in the, the woods. woods, though, right? It's it's just it's it's deep in the woods. It's, it's like, like yeah, our town is. It's a very small town, kind of you know remote. In the woods area, in a very wooded area, I have twenty acres that I live on with a house in the woods. You, li- you live in you the live woods, in gin- You live in a gingerbread shack in the woods, don't you? Yeah, it's like what a shotgun shack. Like, dude, settle down. Donahue did have some good episodes. Um, he had on the Holocaust denying little girl. Remember? Oh, that's that's right. Yeah, well, he's like, she's like, and Jews run. Er-, she got up and did like the Jews run everything thing. Yep. Shut yeah. it down. Right. They shut that down. That was a great clip, though. Um, but anyways. Yeah, yes. right at the, so right at the start, while mm-hmm. like the bodies were still warm. Right. The, the federal officials were saying, shit, we knew this was going to happen because of people being mad about Waco. Right. We knew. Yes, we 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 they did the. Uh, not the lie. Well, what ended up happening is. From the very beginning, the feds started fucking up their story. And they, as usual, couldn't get their story straight, and it just kept changing. Right? Well, it started off with Muslim terrorists. Right. It started off with Muslim terrorists, and the news ran with that for, like, the first hour or so until it was like, wait, no, we're not doing that. And then it was Timothy McVeigh and John Doe number one, John Doe number two, and John Doe number three. But really, really, was it just an hour? Because they they did an entire thing where they went to the world, the responses around the world and from the Middle East, and the the the, the responses from the Middle East were, yeah, that that sucks that all those people died, but it wasn't us, you right? Know? How long? Yeah, well, it was the then all right, then the first day, but the story changed the first day though. I mean, I, I, I don't know I don't how long recall they recall enough as this stuff was happening. I, I wasn't, <laughs> glu- I wasn't glued to the television while all this stuff was happening. So it's like you couldn't really keep up with it 
the same way that some of the more modern macro dose crises have happened. Like I was at home all day when the Sandy Hook thing was happening, so mm. I was watching all the weird stuff unfold as mm. they were trying to set the narrative. Like I remember them chasing the guy, like like chasing around the woods outside, chasing hours, the guy hours, in the woods hours yeah. after, yeah, after, you know, like there's a second guy somewhere in the woods right now, and that and it shows it showed like three people run off in the woods, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I remember seeing hell? that. I watched I watched a lot of Sandy Hook live. You know what I watched live? was the OJ chase. I, I, I remember it, a lot of people turned that on live. That seemed mm-hmm. to go on for hours. Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was hours. Um, it was long enough that people ha- were able to make signs and run up to a bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was how long that that was going on. Well, those might've been pre-planned staged. Who knows? Anyway, Back to Oklahoma City, um, their story, like I said, their story started changing right off the bat, and the feds didn't get their, can't keep their story straight, and and there's a ton of evidence for uh, prior knowledge of this, and we'll get into that, but uh, I mean, a lot of evidence of prior knowledge, but like you just said, Grognak, you know, they're like, oh, we knew this was going to happen, it's the anniversary of Waco, and people are going to be mad, people, we, we knew people would be mad, man, woo. Oh, man, we were right, but too bad we didn't stop it. Like, what? Yeah, two hours before the attack, mm. the Oklahoma County Bomb Squad was conducting a search like across the street. And a lot of people saw this, and I guess the sheriff denied that it happened, even though there was lots of people who saw it. Right, there was a bomb. Yeah, there was a bomb truck out in front of the, uh, the Arthur P. Murrah building. And the official story was that it was a deputy deputy. Uh, Doing errands, running errands with the trailer, with the bomb squad trailer attached to the bomb squad truck. Just run, just, just running errands. Uh, what else was there? Um, I mean, there was, there was more than that. I mean, but there, there was a lot of uh, prior knowledge that, that ends up turns out like even during the investigation that, yeah, all these people were like, Oh, you know, um, were there bomb threats? There were bomb threats for like almost a week, right? Actual bomb threats, right? April so why 9th. would you why would you have the building fully occupied if there have been bomb threats all week? Right, in, in, in a in a uh, in a federal building, in a federal building, you're getting bomb threats, and you you call off your ATF guys, but you don't call if anybody else i think they wanted that to happen and this is one of those honestly i i do think that people died and i think that this was they were like all right we we really shouldn't do like the this is too messy like we'll just fake them from now on everybody okay we're just gonna do actors and fake it right so do you think kids died Ooh, probably i mean they did blow up the nursery it was the daycare excuse me so maybe, I don't know. Do you, man? I, I really don't know. Like, I'm wondering how far back the fake, like the full faking of events, mm-hmm. start occurring. Yeah, I know. You know and then, like, uh, be, because it, honestly, honestly, it's horrific either way, right? It's horrific to it's horrific to lie to the entire. You know the entire world, 
that this many people died, and it's it's horrific if they actually killed them. Either and, way, it's evil. And it's not like the government hasn't killed people before in, in many, many, many different, you know, uh, nefarious ways. You know, out and out, just straight up killing people. Like, they dropped bombs on Philadelphia, right, at one point? Right. They literally bombed a neighborhood and killed people. They've. Uh, well, they were trying to get those dastardly Black Panthers, man. Were they? Um, and so it- and like they've, you know, they've literally sprayed chemicals into the air, into the fog of San Francisco, like including LSD, you know, on their own people. So our government doing mean and bad and nasty things up into straight up killing you. That's that's not beyond the pale with these people. But um, so it was it was found that crowd control was mm-hmm. ready ahead of time, mm-hmm. that the preparation at the sheriff's equine and canine housing facility was being done, mm-hmm. not just this bombing you know, prep bombing search thing. You have the governor's brother writing a book about a character named Timothy McVeigh. Oh no, it was it was Final Jihad. It was Tomic. It was like Thomas. It was like Thomas McVeigh or something. It wasn't it quite. Was, it was like the same name. Yeah, it was. Well, it was either Timothy McVoy or Thomas McVeigh. It was one. You know what I mean? It was like something so similar. Like what the hell? Yeah, there's yeah. no way. There's no and, way. Yeah, of course it was. And there was um. Well, that's a lot like, you know, like Werner von Braun writing about Elon and Mars. Hmm. But anyways, go on. There's more. I think people died. We can get into it a little further through the story, but it sounds like there was actually even. So they they get into a point where the search is paused because of a a potential second bombing. And people are basically left there in the rubble, like screaming and dying. And they have to walk away from a lot of them, which is really fucked up. I didn't know that until this documentary. Yeah, I'm pretty. Like I said, I'm pretty sure people died at this one. Sure, sounds like it. Yeah, um, I mean, they blew up a building, you know, in broad daylight during working hours. Uh, what day was it? What day was that? It was a, uh, it was a weekday, right? People were at work that day. Okay, so six years later, they mm-hmm. faked a giant event where nobody died, right? It was easier to do that, I think. Then, oh, uh, I don't know. Like, I, it actually sounds actually sounds like it would be much harder. But I what? mean, I, I I'd like to know how you think it would be easier. Easier to fake nine eleven? Yeah. Well, when you control the entire scene, right? The entire building. You own the building, the whole building, and everything around it. And you own the media, and you basically own the police departments. And how are those conditions not met in OKC? To be to, right, just that. I don't. Well, Oklahoma City is not like Manhattan, where. What, what time did this happen? Eight o'clock in the morning, or something like that. It was it was in the morning? Right, but we're talking about a relatively uh, remote community where you could. Uh, you could stage an event like this without much difficulty. A remote community, downtown Oklahoma City? Well, I mean, in comparison to other major cities, Oklahoma City is like what? It's in it's like top top thirty? Is it it does it even break top thirty major American cities? Um I don't know. I don't know. Grognack, look that up. It's a, but anyways, it's the capital of Oklahoma. So 
it's still a pretty decent sized city regardless. And what they did in Manhattan, like it was at the very bottom corner of Manhattan. They just cordon off that one section. You're done. It's so easy with Manhattan. It was easy. You just it's, cause it's, it's, it's a little peninsula, right? That part. And you, yeah, just, I don't know. Like I just don't, I just don't, my memory of Oklahoma city, especially in the nineties, it wasn't like a bustling metropolis or anything. It's the capital city of Oklahoma. So sure. But the capital city of, New Mexico, Santa Fe, and you could pass through there in five minutes, and you know what I mean. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm saying like the the capital cities of certain states aren't necessarily like how we imagine most cities. Okay. Anyway, I just i I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if 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 the numbers aren't at the very least inflated. I mean, what 186 people. Uh, 186 people. What? So there's 687,000 people there now. But there was only 6,500 people in 1995? That doesn't make any sense. Wait, 1,600? No, 6,500. 6,000. In Oklahoma City? The population of Oklahoma, but according to, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This, this is brave search, so. The very first thing that comes up is population effects of the bombing of Oklahoma City. Because we're talking about Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, 19, I, hold on. Here we go. 1990. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. 1990. In 1990, there was 444,719 people. Okay. That sounds about. And they have a growth. They have a growth rate of about 10 to 12% a year. So 95. So in 2000, there was 506. So you figure about midway through there is about 470,000 people. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's a decent sized city. No, it's not. It's not huge, but it's close to half a million people, right? I think. I think the fact that it's a federally controlled building as well. I think it's. Mm. It, it would be easy for them to create this false flag situation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I don't think they. I'm. I don't know. Okay, man. so the, I don't know. I I feel like we almost semi skipped over the reason this became questionable. Right. So the official narrative said Timothy McVeigh did this. Right. He rented the rider truck, right. got out, mm. planted the bomb, took off in another in truck. Pickup or something, truck. Right? Got in another pickup truck and drove off. Yeah. With with John so, Doe number two. Right. So officially they said he did this alone, but many people saw a second person. The person who rented the rider truck said McVeigh had a second person with mm-hmm. him when he mm-hmm. rented the truck. And a lot of people who um, described him. They said that this guy looked exactly like the the picture. Like several other witnesses. Right. Like, oh shit! That's the guy I saw. Mm-hmm. That's the guy I saw. With the, yeah. Um, there was the guy during the the cleanup of the explosion. They found eight amputated legs that belonged to eight people, but they found a ninth leg with no person to to put it to. So there was there was like an extra leg. Yeah, but that also could just be, you know, fabricated for the story. Sure. You know, maybe. 
I get, I get it. I mean, I get it. Now, I understand what DB is saying. They could have faked the whole thing. It was a federally controlled building. It probably would not have been um, as hard to... But here's the thing, Dogbot. Um, why the convoy of trucks afterward and guys in jumpsuits getting all of that uh, stuff out of there? There, were, there, was, um, right, there were trucks that showed up later with some sort of agents that went in and cleaned up paper. They just cleaned up all this paper. They were picking up Dude, anything they, paper. They stopped rescuing people. They stopped rescuing people. Right. They stopped rescuing people to pick up paper. So that's like, I don't know. Like, like why, if it was fake, why wouldn't they have just gotten all the paper blown up or like made sure that all that shit was out? Why wouldn't you just get it out of the building? Like you're the federal, I, I, I yeah, mean, you know what I mean? Th- doesn't it also make your point that they stopped rescuing people? But people would continue to die and scream in the rubble and stuff. So, I mean, unless they planted... If there were people in there. Right. There were people... Like, people uh, people reported the screaming and the cries for help and stuff. So... Okay. I just, and the like, people... I, I don't know. Like, the, a lot of the people... And the crowd the gathering. Listen, the people gathering, there was a large crowd of people. I mean, I, I, who knows, dude? The whole thing could have been staged. Like, dude, at this point, 1995 is not too far back to that whole thing to have been, like, some AI production. And they just demolished that one little, you know... Oh, I have no doubt that before they had good CGI, they actually killed people. Like, who cares? To, to them, who cares, you know? I guess if it's an inconvenience that you have to kill some civilians to have this done, that it happened. I mean, so one of the first guys to respond to this was, uh, trying to find his name, he was giving someone a traffic ticket at the time when he responded to this, right? Mm-hmm. Terrence Yankee. Terrence he, Yankee? Wow. He dropped his book right there in the spot, headed for the, the spot, right? And uh, he helped like eight people out of the rubble. One of them was another, um, uh, I think, another cop. And this guy was found dead not too long ago after that. Hmm. Uh, he was what found surprise. outside in a field near a penitentiary. Had all kinds of stab wounds. He had ligature marks on his neck, cuff marks on his wrists. He It, it was basically a torture homicide and it was ruled to be a suicide even though the bloodied knife was locked in his glove compartment in his car about a half mile away from where his body was found right he killed himself with a knife that's pretty fucking brutal like that's metal as fuck (laughs) while supposedly handcuffed while handcuffed and choking yourself out and beating your face to death wow that's bad so this guy was basically he was basically you know, okay, so the last time anyone heard from him, he was driving and said, yeah, telling his buddy, yeah, I'll meet you at dinner. I just got to shake these feds. Like he knew he was being followed mm-hmm. and he was putting evidence at a uh, safety, not a safety deposit box, a uh, storage, storage site. And that was the last anyone heard of him. Hmm. So he would, this guy was one of the very first ones on the scene. So it almost sounds like um, they made an example out of him, you know? Yeah, Who's going to come forward with an alternative story after this guy was found like this? Right. And 
there wasn't any. Well, until this documentary came out. What was it called? Um, a Noble Lie. Right. And thank you to the listener who suggested this, actually. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. It was very Alex Jonesy. I mean, he's all over it. <laughs> Young Alex Jones. Uh, not that much younger. It was, uh, it was Obama era. I know, I know. Alex Jones. But he's totally looks completely different now, though. Something, some major transformation happened to this character during the Trump administration. Like, I remember him looking the way that he does in this documentary pretty much up through most of the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Full, like, not I'm not going to say a full head of hair, but like... Well, at, now it, all his hair is falling like, out because... Does it look like he got left out in the sun for, for three weeks? He's Well, he's, he's lost his hair from all the steroid abuse. Oh, is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that HGH? Is that why his neck got so big? It's possible. Yeah. Or it could just be, uh, isn't he Isn't he supposed to be a tranny too? <laughs> I mean, some may say they all are. Right. Some people say we say they all are. So another non-compliance entity in this mm-hmm. story was a local news channel. That's what I was saying, Channel 4, right? KFOR, yeah, I guess. It was Channel 4 or or something. Yeah, and they would never... K4, that was their... Yeah, they were Channel 4, whatever that was. And they wouldn't change their story. They they weren't changing their story to go along with the official narrative changes. And they were bought out and shut down by, like, a clear channel company or something. NBC, I believe, actually. So there's another one. Just shut the fuck up. Yep, programming director fired, leading editor let go. Yep, yep. They were bought out, and everybody no, they weren't shut down. That everybody was sacked. Yeah, that's, that's it. The editor program, the the person who put out because they put out um, a segment, like a twenty minute segment, I believe, or it was a, a fifteen minute segment about the about what could have been like the real story. And when they got bought out, that was never seen again. Yeah, they wanted to do a. Uh, an hour long one. Right. And I right. guess they had it all done and ready to air. And mm. the FBI came into the station and said, you can't air this. They just said, you can't air this on TV. And they were like, Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Hmm. I wonder why the FBI would do that. Hmm. Well, it seemed like, it seemed like there were a lot of local news networks that were not completely on board with the official narrative. But it was which, mostly which, just Channel which, 4. That's that's why they had to get shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of shutting down, um, let's shut down this first hour and take a break real quick. Uh, I have a song. Oh, you do? Uh, Flesh Killer Parallel Worlds. Didn't we just do Flesh Killer like last week? Yeah, but this is really good. Yeah, but we got a bomb song, though. But it's Guar. But it's like their best track. I thought their best track was the game show one, but that's just me. No, we're going to do Bring Back the Bomb by Guar. We'll do Okay. We'll do Flesh Killer another time. We just did Flesh Killer. That's not fair. We've never played Guar. That's right. 
We're going to do Gwar and bring back the bomb. And we'll be back. Dogs. <laughs> okay. We'll be back.
everybody we're back this is still the paranormies i'm still johnny with dogbot and grognak we're talking about the oklahoma city bombing and whether or not uh, it actually happened i mean i know they blew the building up but uh the timothy mcveigh thing is what we're going to get into this hour yeah he was he was a guy that blew up the oklahoma city um i'm sorry the arthur p murrah building in oklahoma city he did it on the anniversary of waco uh, and did it two years to the day. He was seeking revenge against the federal government. You know, Urgh. government's bad. He was he was a Gulf War vet, dude. He was out there during the first Gulf War, uh, and he let me see. He went out. He did like a what, like a six month deployment. He he wanted to be special forces. I think he wanted to be a ranger. He wanted to be an army ranger, and um. He came back from the Gulf War and having lived in the desert, you know, in those harsh conditions, his physical condition deteriorated to the point where he couldn't pass the entrance exams, the physical part of um, of getting into uh, the special forces. So interesting. So he ended up uh, just, I guess, just finishing up as a regular. Did he end up getting in special forces? Actually, I don't. Well, see, these are the two faces of Timothy McVeigh, right? Mm. We have we have the dude who left after he was disenfranchised by his very short-term experience with the Special Forces. Right. Who ended up hating the government and, grr, I'm going to fight him, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have his mother and his sister who had their phones tapped and lots of records of them talking about how they, they don't understand this narrative because he's still in the special forces. He loves his country and he loves the government and he works for them still. So part of part of his backstory as to why he's so uh, why Timothy McVeigh was so bent out of shape, according to his biographer, Dan Herbeck, uh, part of it started when he was a boy and he was picked on by bullies in his school. Mm. Part of it oh, was man. when his parents... His parents had a difficult divorce, and he was very hurt by that. And part of it was when he was taught to kill in the U.S. Army. But then a big part of it was his fight for gun rights, which he believes that everyone should have the right to own guns. And when he felt the U.S. government was trying to take that away from him, that's when he snapped. Mm. But part of it, of course, is he was bullied in school. Right, right. Obviously, always bullied in school. That's That's, you know... That's always a, a big thing with his, you know, getting getting even with the bullies. But he was raised by his dad. His parents got divorced when he was ten, and uh, he was raised by his dad. So you would think that his dad would have, you know, toughened him up a little bit. But- Inspired by the movie War Games, did you know that he had a Commodore sixty four and he hacked into government computer systems when he was a kid? I don't believe that. Under un, under the handle the Wanderer. So he was like also gamer race. Oh boy! As in his senior year, he, he was named, named yes, the, most in his senior year, he was named the most promising <laughs> computer programmer 
of Starpoint Central High School. Wow. Hmm. As well as most talkative. As a joke, as he did not talk very much at all. Hmm. But that's crazy, though, because he had he he did not have good grades. So how would he be most promising computer programmer with terrible grades? Hmm. Oh man! So he sounded like he yeah, was he, trying he, to. Apparently, he was trying to hook up with Latina chicks too, because he showed up to uh, he showed up to work one time looking like Pancho Villa because he was wearing bandoliers. Villa, you know. You, Anyway, um, it's not like Bob Vila. Yeah, but Bob Vila is white, and his L's are pronounced the way white people say it. Pancho Villa is Spanish. yeah, but I'm white. I'm going to pronounce the L's the way white people say it. I'm going to say his name Pancho Villa. Yeah. Okay, Tex. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> you're the kind of guy that goes over to Germany. He's like, y'all ain't got a menu in English. Right. Well, yeah, I can't read German. I, I would just point at something and say, that looks good. Right. And then they'd bring it out, and I'm like, hmm. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, it's kind of looking at me, but whatever. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he was a big-time uh, gun co- Well, not gun collector, but he was into guns from a very young age. His grandfather, I guess, was the guy that got him into guns. Um which is not a bad thing. I mean, make it sound like that's such a term. His grandfather got him into guns. Like, dude, awesome. He had a cool grandpa, right? My father, my father was, I'm not, neither of my grandfathers were, uh, well, that's not true. My grandfather on my mom's side had the farm in Maine. He had a, he had a rifle, but he didn't have guns per se. He had a 30-30. So it. in the, uh, but, but his grandfather got him into, he got him into guns. So, then he his his dream he wanted to own a gun shop. Sure, yeah, but and then he would do the thing that all stupid kids did and brought a gun to school to show his classmates. Check it out, guys. So, um, him being put to death was a big deal. What? Like this was the first time in a long time. Grognak. He's still seventeen. Who? Tim McVeigh. Like we're. Talking about him being in high school and stuff, and you skip. Oh, okay, yeah. we're rewinding. Yeah, dude, we're just talking about him in high school and his grandfather and stuff, bro. All right, all right. It, you're on mute. You, did you take your earbuds out too? Like, <laughs> all right. So, well, I just figured his whole childhood is made up. So, sure, I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. Like, listen to this crap, right? You know, yeah, we're, we're bringing up yeah, some yeah. of the most. The, we're 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 obviously bringing up some of the most notoriously stupid things. I, I missed like, I, this, I, I, com- this content, so oh, go okay. on. Okay. So, yeah, it's, so his grandfather... It's kind of hard to believe him hacking into, like... Yeah, like, I don't freaking that, dude. Matthew Broderick and War Games doing... Did you see... Well, especially when you Commodore, see... The, like, with the Commodore 64, like, oh, he's the Wanderer. Wait, yeah. did they even have... How would you hack? Did he even have, like, phone... How old was he at this point? This would have been in eighty. So, so, guys, so, so I'm sorry. Fill me in because I missed this one. This is this is his childhood. He's like young hacker John Connor kid. Yeah. Or what? Yes. Yes. While it, yeah, dude. When he was in high school, he hacked into government. He hacked into government computer systems. Says on his Commodore 64 under the handle "The Wanderer," which was taken from the song by Dion Demucci. 
Honest Commodore. Honest Commodore. Now, how I remember having a Commodore sixty four. We had a Commodore, and we had a Commodore Amiga. I don't think any of those things connected to the internet or to government computers. No, no, no. Like I don't think they did. Like did it could it attach to your phone line in any way? I don't know. Look that up. Could the Commodore sixty four talk to other computers? Look that up. Like that's that, to me that's insane, right? Does that just sound insane to you? Talk about I mean, or are we just misremembering how computers work? The Commodore sixty four that is. I don't remember the Commodore sixty four being robust enough to do such things, but uh, then again, all I did was play some like monster rancher kind right. of game on there where you. All right, you, dude, this you, is an eight bit computer. That's right. Yeah, the sixty four was. Uh, I forgot what the sixty four stood for at the time. Apparently, it did have a modem. 64 kilobytes. It had a modem? Yes. Okay. Pretty weird. Okay, so maybe it could have. I mean, this is this is an interesting thing because it seems like a lot of, um, what do you want to call them, Al-Qaeda, all these fake terrorist groups, mm-hmm. they, they all use gaming chat stuff. Yeah. Even back so, then, huh? Mm-hmm. So so get this uh, in, in an article now, about- hang on. Uh, We might have to mea culpa here, Dogbot. Are you still saying he didn't do it? I, I think it's fake. I, I think this uh, this part of the like like this article where where that part is cited the entire his entire childhood sounds fake. Tim wanted to have the kind of home where friends congregated after school, like the Maurer brothers down the street, who always had a crowd around. So he made it happen. He built a skateboarding ramp in his driveway, invited everyone to shoot baskets in his hoop, created a haunted house in his basement and held weekend casino fairs acting as the dealer. He charged admission to the haunted house and won money from the casino, like a young entrepreneur trying to make money on uh, off of his friends. Where the hell did you find that? This is the article that the, the Commodore 60 thing, 64 thing is from. The article that the Commodore, 60, Commodore 64 thing is from? What article is that? The, the citation on Wikipedia, right? So you click on the Commodore thing and it takes you to. No, there, there, there's little numbers and brackets. And oh, that, that oh, okay. So, oh, you, oh, you, okay. Some, I'm sorry. So you're some, checking the. Sometimes it the foot- says it's a quote from a book. Right, 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 right. Give right, you right, the okay, quote, okay. but sometimes so, you know, uh, okay. archive.com hasn't completely shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the internet hasn't completely eaten itself. So sometimes you can go back to these actual articles. Are you looking at number eighteen? I don't. I the don't radicalization of I... Timothy McVeigh. Yes. Okay. That's the one. Okay. That's yeah. I did not open this. Oh, okay. That's so he he. Hold on. He charged admission to a haunted house in his basement that his father let him. Hmm. His father let him do all these things while he was in high school. Interesting. What a what a cool dad. What a cool grandpa. What a cool dad. You would think you would think that this guy wouldn't have been all that bad. I mean, you know, considering the the upbringing that he had. How are you looking well, at this Tulsa World article without having to sign up for it? I I just clicked on it, bro. <laughs> I, it's not letting me. Anyway, so, so let's go on. It sounds like he was. There's this thing called sheep dipped. Where yes. he takes on a different, completely different name 
uh, or won't, well, a persona, right? They drop him into a different state. Mm. And he starts running around talking about the Turner Diaries, trying to find the coolest white nationalist squad to, to hook up with. Well, before that, he was in the military, right? Yes, was, this was, is after. Right? right, so he goes to the military. Um, he was training at Fort Benning. Let me see. Then he ended up... Like that was what he wanted to do. He wanted to do special forces, but he he couldn't he couldn't make it special forces, right? He was infantry, which is like just your basic guy. Um, but while he was in the army, he had already, he started to get in trouble for his white nationalism, for his white supremacy. He had a white power T shirt. He bought a white power T shirt from a Ku Klux Klan rally, where they were objecting to black servicemen who were wearing black power T shirts. Mm. I mean, same. Reasonable. What if the colors were reversed, bro? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I get it. Um, that's so supposedly he was changed as a person when he came back from his disillusioned. Yeah, um, it was Desert Storm after Desert Storm. But that, but his platoon leader was uh, Terry Nichols. That's where he met Terry Nichols. Was in the army. Uh, they both they both were avid gun collectors and were heavy into uh, survivalism, bro. Which is you know, go in the woods, right? They were stationed together at Fort Riley in uh, Junction City, Kansas. And oh, there's the third, there's the third guy, who, Michael Fortier. Who's this? Where they met their future accomplice, Michael Fortier. Who's Michael Fortier now? Do we even know who this guy is? Is this John Doe number three? Like, hmm. there's so many, there's so many weird things in the story that this this guy I've never heard of this guy in the official narrative. Never heard of him. Um, so I guess he was like he was like autistically good at shooting stuff. So uh, they promoted him to sergeant because he was he was very good at. Uh, at long range shooting, he was that he made sergeant and was in charge of a few people. And apparently, he would uh, assign undesirable work to the black guys and use racial slurs. How about that? Hey, Johnny, do you hmm. mind if I say this quote from Charles Bond, a forensic psychologist, about Timothy McVeigh? Sure. Uh, a kid from the heart of America who feels the society has let him down can be very dangerous if he has underlying emotional quirks. In urban America, gangs fill this void. In the Midwest, it's cults, the macho gun world, militias, belonging to fringe groups. Hmm. They, dude, they've been they've been painting this narrative for such a long time. Like when I hear this stuff now, like I forget that this stuff is not new. Right. It sounds like the Chud Cell. You know, sounds like the back of the VHS of falling down, <laughs> right? Growing up, an unexceptional boy who never showed any troubled side. You know, like like they're they're painting this picture like the way that they painted the picture in this article is like it could be your kid. Yeah, but then, but if you read the Washington Post, did you read the an extra an ordinary boy's extraordinary rage? <laughs> no, it's titled it Washington Post, right? Sunday, July 2nd, 1995. Page A1, front page news. An ordinary boy's extraordinary rage. In deeply disturbing ways, he is a prototype of his generation. No shit. 
Like they tell you right there. He lived the divorce revolution, age 10 when his parents split in 1978 for that increasingly familiar reason. They were just too different. Oh. He was an underachiever in high school, uninterested in college. He hit the job market in the mid-1980s and ran out of room for young men with blue-collar skills. Aware of affirmative action for women and minorities, he began to feel shortchanged as a white male. Whoa. Worked dead-end jobs. Voice fears of going nowhere. Tried a well-trod escape route the army, but bailed out as the military downsized with the fall of communism. Like millions I mean, is, in his generation. This is the perfect avatar for any person that's noticing that uh, the system is starting to be rigged against them, right? Yep. Yep. So what? What is sheep dipped, Johnny? A uh, sheep dipped is when you are a. Um, I believe it. Hold on, I gotta look this one. I don't remember. Hold on. You are a wolf among sheep. Yeah. Yeah. You are. So he was planted. So basically, the army figured out he was a he had white nationalist views. Yes, and they were like, "Okay, we are going to use you in the special forces to infiltrate Elaham City." Elaham, right? So this is a federal federal honeypot that's known about. It is monitored by Bethesda, Maryland's National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. This is part of PatCon. You guys can Google this. Yes, it's Patriot. Patriot conspiracy or something. Mm-hmm. So it's basically um, the the government decided not during the Biden administration, but back during the Clinton administration, that it was very important to infiltrate all militias and neo-Nazi groups and shove informants into all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what sheep dipping is. That's when you well, get a yeah. What sheep dipping is is when you take Timothy a guy. McVay. What's that? That's when you get a Timothy McVeigh. Well, yeah. Well, to give the actual definition is when you take a guy out of military service and put him back into civilian life, but he's still in the military secretly. All so, the first like 20 hits when you try to look this up on the Internet just talks about removing parasites from from the cattle. Yes. Sheep. Well, when you look up PatCon, you get um, you get uh, chicken recipes. <laughs> yeah, it was Patriot Conspiracy, by the way. And <clears throat> after it was Patriotic Conspiracy. No Not that, I mean, I'm. I don't mean to quibble. It, it's Patriot. I'm looking at the actual PatCon website. Oh, I've been I've been Mondale affected. You've been Mondale afflicted. Yep. Yeah. Best Batman, right? Ben Affleck. Val Kilmer. Shut up. That's so the worst Batman. No. Oh, God, it's because the other ones. George Clooney is worse. Okay, second worst Batman. I'm being serious, though. You're not being serious. There's no way. Yes, Val Kilmer was the best Batman. He's the most accurate Batman. Really? I mean, who are you going to say? George Clooney? No, he's the worst. I mean, obviously, Christian Bale, but Christian Bale is Bruce Wayne. I I don't know. I can never unsee him from American Psycho, so, yeah. See the the ability to distance the character from. Can you can you can you rotate the psycho in your head? Um. <laughs> yes. Okay. Val well, Kilmer was sheep dipped into the nineties, yep. right? Now he's just is he dead yet? No. Okay. Is he thin again or is he fat still? 
I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with. Remember it. that meme of him where he's Doesn't like he super, Rush Limbaugh in a movie? Super fat, super fat Val Kilmer sitting there with like a Bud Light or something. Is like the meme is like. Remember when I was Batman? That was good, Grognak. By the way, sorry. What was good? He said, "Did Val Kilmer play Rush Limbaugh in a movie?" And and the answer is yes. Mm. And it was a good movie. The Doors. Oh, The Doors. That's right. Yeah, he did. Ah, very good. Yes, he played Rush yeah, Limbaugh. That was that was that was a solid reference. That was a solid reference. Um, uh, speaking of Rush Limbaugh, it was also Rush Limbaugh was also blamed uh, in 1995 for the rhetoric. Yes, for some of the rhetoric that, that led up to this. Yes. Timothy McVeigh mm-hmm. to blow up the Oklahoma City building. Hmm. And they were trying to use that to get AM talk radio shut down in the 90s. Yep, that was another thing they were trying to shut down. Um, but PatCon was what they called the Great Infiltration. That is where the FBI and other three-letter agencies infiltrated white nationalist groups. They infiltrated, I guess, the Klan even more, but mostly white nationalist groups in, um, uh, uh, what, what do you call them? Um, the three percenters, what the fuck you call those guys again? Why can't oath, my oath brain... Keepers? The oath Keepers and the... Um, oh, my Hello, God. Hello, page- fellow patriot. I'm glad you enjoy my channel. Militias. Jesus, I don't know why I couldn't think of this. The militias. They infiltrated all the militias and the guys that do all the training and with the guns and the woods and the thing, right? But uh, how, how widespread do you think the militia movement actually was or was some of that basically a concoction based on, on the mainstream media at the time? I think there was a lot more concoction than actually was happening. Uh, and, uh, you know, you hear all the time, you know, Americans, there's X million guns, right? How many of those belong to people that are members of militias? I don't believe there's that many. So in, in, in one of these documentaries, I overheard the mainstream media like clip refer to Randy Weaver as a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't even aware that he was part of any um, he, affiliated group okay, at all. He had been to I think he had actually been to Elohim City and after going to Elohim City he went out to uh to Idaho and while he was out there there was another group that he had run into or was was friends with or like they were trying to make friends with or whatever um and that's how he ran into the guys that had him saw off the shotguns so he wasn't affiliated with them in as much as he didn't like belong to the group, but like that's where they would go to the like to their compound to do trading and maybe like you know the their general store type deal, right? Okay, yeah. it's just I, I mean it doesn't shock me that the mainstream media back then would refer to him as one, but he you know what I mean? Yeah, he was a separate. He would have been more of a white separatist, and who would be like, all right, those guys down there have stuff I need. Yeah, sort sort of like okay, yeah. No, I, I just I don't remember that being part of the the Ruby Ridge narrative, and so when I when I heard that in the documentary, I was a little, I was like, huh, I don't. Hmm. Well, I can see why I can see why they call him that because he was, you know, he again he was he would go to church. They were a they were a, uh that's what it was. It was a church. 
and he, they would go to church there, and then they would have like their white su- supremacist meetings or whatever, or whatever the hell they were doing out there in the woods. But they were infiltrated by people that that yeah that had Randy Weaver. They paid Randy Weaver to saw off two guns. So they are using Ruby Ridge and the Waco incident as inspiration for this Timothy McVeigh character Absolutely. following through with this PatCon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and again, we'll find out later on that Timothy McVeigh is a sheep-dipped agent. And so, yeah. So, and so when- he went to every single like group that he could find, and he was the most vocal and outspoken about taking action against the government is what the, is what the official narrative tells us. Right. But, um, you know, he was, but he was just a normal kid though. Like he had no problems. No, wasn't, wasn't any weirder than any normal. He's quiet, you know, but he was, he was that quiet kid. You know, that was the thing, but then he went, but then he went to war and that's what changed everything. Right, he went out. He went to Desert Storm, and while he was out there, um, what happened? He said he killed. He said he hit a, he hit an Iraqi tank from 500 yards away on his first day in the war, and then the Iraqis surrendered. Hmm. He decapitated an Iraqi sol- uh, soldier with cannon fire from 1,100 yards away. That's pretty far. Thirty-three thousand feet, or three thousand three hundred feet. Excuse me. 1,100 yards is 3,333. Um, yeah, he got a bronze star. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if, I don't know if they just hand out bronze stars, but, uh, for, no, it's for heroic achievement, heroic service, meritorious achievement, or meritorious service in a combat zone. So, I don't know. Maybe he did something meritorious while in combat. But, uh, he wanted to go into the U.S. Army Special Forces, but he withdrew. Right, he withdrew because he wasn't in shape for it. So you know, he wasn't physically ready. And uh, he got no, out, he, and he got he out. Failed miserably at it. Apparently. Yeah, he you know he failed miserably, and he got out. Just he was honorably discharged in '91. Just got out, but then, then after he got out, he tur- that's when he turned into this white nationalist. He was just you know just going around. Uh, he wrote papers about about uh, he wrote to new- newspapers about taxes, complaining about taxes, writing to different, uh, writing to different representatives about stuff. You know, he decided to be like that guy who writes letters. So also also apparently though, there was a do filmmaker who caught him in a tank a year and a half after uh, the official well, yeah. narrative says that he was out of the out of the service. That, and in that, the film, it looks exactly like him. That was it interesting. sounds like him. Yeah, that was it. Well, it wasn't him. It was it supposedly wasn't him, though. Right. Right. But he had a forensic he had a forensic analyst say that it was 90% this guy. Right. The oh, Yeah, the voice. Yeah. So the guy looked like him. He had the pinned ears like him. He had the weird nose like him. The weird long football head shape or football shaped head thing going on. And, um... The guy was filming at uh, what fort was this? This fort was this place was a place where they did uh, special forces training, um, bomb training, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that's another thing. Did you guys know that the FBI was doing um, truck bomb investigative education? 
right a few like leading up to the Oklahoma City bombing. Did you know that? Isn't that weird? Just coincidental. Highly. Yeah. They were they were doing so they were, you know, there was a rider truck at this uh at this base, and I don't remember the base off the top of my head, but what it was this army base where they did all this bomb training, and there was a rider truck there. It was like just a couple days before the bombing. Isn't that weird? Now that now the base, the army base finally responded to like a FOIA request or something, and they said that that truck actually had nothing to do with any of the bombing training that went on in that base, but it was for a um, a laser sight thing or something to do with laser sighting. Isn't that weird? Coincidental. Oof. <laughs> so, I mean, it just more and more and more, it just seems that this was just the government, the, the army, the military, the FBI. But if you watch the documentaries, you know, the FBI did it. The CIA did it. Okay. So this building was also, um, I guess it housed a bunch of things that incriminated Clinton. Yeah. That's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. Contraband <laughs> during the Iran Contra. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, there's a lot of stuff in that building. But um, hang on. So if you're going to target anywhere to blow up your own stuff and destroy evidence, it's not really a building that the ATF is in. It's probably a building that there's a bunch of stuff you just want to get rid of, right? Right. It, which is which is what happened. But and then um, Clinton it was basically like, "I promise, this guy's going to get the death penalty." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're okay now. You let's let's pretend you are. Timothy McVeigh, you are charged with this. Are you going to appeal this? You're just going to. No, he didn't appeal. He was, he was like found guilty in like five minutes and no appeal. Went right to death. Yep. No autopsy. Okay. He requested no autopsy. When you put someone to death through the, the system, it's, it's like mandated. They're supposed to do it, but he didn't get one. Check this out real quick. Did you guys? We didn't get past the sheep dipping thing that I wanted to uh, to, to say, but this article is called okay, sheep Andy dipping. Was, Andy was cremated. Go right, ahead. Right. I know you're, dude. You're still skipping so far ahead. <laughs> like, bro, as a listener, no, uh, sheep dipping is the worst name for the military's best job. How about that? No. Yeah, that's what they say. If you're a sheep farmer, sheep dipping literally means you're dipping sheep in a bath made to kill insects and fungus. It's a good way to keep your flock healthy. If you were in the military and about to be sheep dipped, it means your life is about to get a whole lot more interesting. It's a term intelligence agencies use when they pretend to boot someone out of the military but secretly turn them into a covert operative. But don't worry, you still get your military retirement time. You just can't tell anyone about it. How cool. Right? Nah. Yeah. The Nixon administration, not knowing, not known for honoring international borders when it came to prosecuting the war in Vietnam, decided they would need military support for intelligence agencies in Laos and opted to use sheep dipping as a means to get military members into the country. Hmm. Yep. So, yeah, sheep dip. Oh yeah, the whole Vietnam thing. I, I'm I read or I am reading. I'm about halfway through the Phoenix program, which I thought was going to be more about Michael Aquino, but it wasn't. But it's still a great book. But it's all about all the uh, CIA stuff that went in, like how basically the CIA ran the war in Vietnam, 
and how they used all the, it's we're gonna have to do an episode on it i'm gonna have to get everybody a copy of this book you guys got to read it it's pretty good it's pretty damn good and, and it, it gets into all the military projects including sheep dipping but all the stuff that they did there to set up to, to get people to tell on their own people like these uh psychological warfare games that they play with these people to get people to rat out their own family members you know that kind of stuff um stuff they're doing here i mean you got kids turning in their parents because they went to january 6th right cousins uncles my racist uncle right they're doing it here anyway getting back to timothy mcveigh um he was yeah when he got out he basically did he, he did the rounds right he went around to all the white nationalist groups all the kkk guys right and trying to find out and then him and terry nichols but they just kind of joined a militia is that what happened but they were they were always like training, doing all kinds of like in a wood stuff, right? Well, um, it seemed like Elohim City was really where he planted his feet. Mm. Yeah, Elohim City. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, that is basically um, in Oklahoma is a private communist. Oh no, it's a private community. I thought it was a private communist community. Ooh, I read that wrong. No, they're white nationalists. They're not commies, right? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I've barely even heard about this place. Never? Like, no, like I barely have oh, heard okay. about it. Well, it gained national attention for its ties to members of the order in the 80s and with convicted Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh in the 90s. What the hell is the order? The orders where that one guy who came up with the 14 words came from. Ah, yes. The Aryan resistant movement. Okay. Wasn't this also the church of, what was that other guy? The church or something? It's a white supremacist thing. I, I, dude, I can't keep up with all this stuff. It's old. It's old. Anyways. So yeah, the, or this, so Elohim city was started in like the 70, 73. By Robert G. Millar, a Canadian immigrant. Oh, my God. It was founded by a leaf. From Ontario, of all places. Yeah, he started a church. I swear this is the same. Hold on. It's the same church. No, it's not the same one I was thinking of. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's where, that's where Timothy McVeigh went, right? In the 90s. He was, uh, or no, when was he? Was he, a, was he an, he was a subscriber. He was not a resident. So he, he was, he would hang out there occasionally. Um, he read the, like he read their newspaper and was a participant in like, you know, things that happened there, but he didn't, he didn't actually live there. But that's the compound where uh, apparently um, all the white supremacy happened in the mid in the middle Midwest. All right, mm. so from there, Timothy and uh, Fortier and um, Nichols all got together. And they just, you know, Tim, well, Timothy McVeigh had all the, uh, he had all the, the plans. You know, he was, he was the, the brains guy, right? He's the one who had the plans to blow up the federal building. But Forte said, nah, I don't think so. 
So he basically, okay, so Fortier did not participate, but so there, there's Larry a lot of witnesses that combat the main storyline, even with the rider truck rental and everything. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the rental truck was rented by a couple guys only two days before the bombing. Mm-hmm. You have witnesses who saw the truck maybe four or five days before that up near the river. Yeah, yeah. The guy fishing, he saw the truck and he told his wife about it, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot that shows that the state of Oklahoma was not in on this, and it was the feds that did it. Yeah, I think and- so. And but the thing I noticed in that um, Noble Eye documentary is all of these people who saw the truck who were witnesses and whatever all seem very, very, very glowy or actorish. So who's, who's, who's doing you? Um, well, a noble okay. lie is an Alex Jones, you know, it's those guys. Yeah, that's, that's the perfect point to bring up the elephant in the room. Exactly. Go go ahead. So Alex Jones was in this. Yeah, all over. He's all over it, and he's you know that was that was yeah that was the big thing got me involved in it. The government doing all these things to us. I don't remember what he said, but he was all over this. I mean, a lot. Oklahoma City bombing, right? And he, I think that's kind of how he skyrocketed his career was Oklahoma City. Uh, it was the Waco thing. It started with the, it started like, with Waco. He, he, okay, so yeah, it started with Waco. It started with Waco, then Ruby Ridge. No, it started with Ruby Ridge and Waco. Didn't he do? Did he do stuff on Ruby Ridge? He didn't do shit on Ruby Ridge. He lived. He lived outside of Austin, so like mm-hmm. Waco was just an hour drive. Right, right, so right. So he he like he he started with the Waco stuff. Was and it then, okay? And and then Oklahoma City happened. That's not. I mean, it's it's not terribly far from Austin, but it because because the Waco thing was used to you know precipitate mm-hmm, the Oklahoma mm-hmm. City thing. Right. Okay, uh, for some it, reason you know, for some back. reason I'm remembering Alex Jones doing something about Ruby Ridge, but I could be uh. Okay, now where do we stand on Alex Jones? Was he always did he ever exist? Was he always Bill Hicks later on? Was Alex Jones a guy who was buried uh given concrete sandals and then taken over <laughs> by Bill Hicks? Concrete yes. shoes. So who is the guy in this documentary? That that's Bill Hicks. Yeah, that's Bill Hicks. Because that's that's mid two. That's a late two thousands. Yeah, this is two thousand eight, two thousand nine. This is Bill Hicks. Yeah. So they got in front of this one mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. I'm right. trying to Do remember. You remember when I Bill even Hicks? Remember him. No, hold on. Bill Hicks was. That's what it was. Was actually Bill Hicks was all mad about Ruby Ridge and Waco. Bill Hicks actually went down to one of them, right? It almost feels like this is going to be a uh, segue episode. Maybe. I wonder if uh, Alex Jones was taken over by Bill Hicks during Ruby Ridge. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so that's right. Bill Hicks and Kevin Booth went down to Waco in 1993. Right. That was. I don't remember. I don't remember Bill Hicks or Alex Jones being very much involved with the Ruby Ridge situation. Right. It was Waco because they're both from Texas. That's right. 
They're both from Austin. It's it's well, like they're both from Austin. They're both they they have the same best friend. They both started at the same television radio station. They both, you know, they both are part of Sacred Cow Productions. <laughs> it's Kevin Booth's production company. Interesting, huh? They have all yeah. these same things. Well, back to McVeigh. Yeah, back to McVeigh. So Bill Hicks is all over this documentary. And uh, yeah, and so the noble lie is the one that tells you that, oh, yeah, no, the government knew about this. The federal government knew about all this. The news, this, that, and the other. And she, now, they're still, they're still saying that, you know, this whole thing was real. They're still perpetrating this story that this entire thing happened, that... Yes, it happened, but ATF did a lie hop. Right? Let it happen on purpose. Well, there's almost a narrative at the end of this particular documentary where they're saying that they were trying to entrap people from Elam City mm-hmm. in this activity and that they didn't mean for the explosives to go off. That they almost led it to the last point, and they were going to go, "Aha!" Oh, like gotcha. the nineteen, like the nineteen ninety three World Trade Center bombing that never went off. They gave the guy the bomb. Jesus, we didn't think he would actually use it. Right, we didn't think he was going to hit the button. We get when we gave him the time. Right. Okay. Did so we did. I'm sorry if I missed this. Did we mention that there were more than one explosive devices? No, we haven't got to that yet. We're still. He's okay. still in Elohim City, getting mad. Him and him and the guys are starting to talk about it because um, there's some autism that comes after all that. Oh yeah. So all right. So you want to just skip ahead? Skip ahead. We want to do because well, if it was his whole story, clear, look, his like, whole backstory was a gay op. His whole right? backstory is bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So do you guys think? Okay, before we leave Tim McVeigh, um, he was put to death, cremated. Do you think <clears> he was given like a saline solution that slowed his heart, something that slowed his heart rate, and he was just slipped out the back door? No, I don't even think any of that happened. Because okay, Why would so, they even have to do that? Why would they have to do that? Well, apparently, um, the doctor that he had when he was on death row was the same doctor that Patty Hearst and Sirhan Sirhan had. Right, so, because of course it was. So some kind of uh, MK Ultra guy was attached to Timothy McVeigh's last few days, of course. Sure. So you have to wonder, was he given just like his termination sentence where they were like, just accept your death sentence, no appeals. And he was like, okay. And he died. Or do you think he was slipped out the back door and he retired? I don't, I don't necessarily believe. I, yeah. I, well, no, I don't believe any of that. I don't believe that he was given a sailing. That's a that's a nice conspiracy theory cover story. You know, they gave him they well they re, what they really is they really gave him the drugs, but they also gave him an antidote at the same time. Well, is he? It, so what I'm asking is, do you guys think that he was a MK Ultra Patsy white nationalist plant guy, or was he a agent who lived past his death sentence even? No, I believe that Timothy McVeigh absolutely was involved and infiltrated all these different groups and everything. I do believe that 
he went and visited Bill Cooper with some dude mm-hmm. uh, and tried and tried to talk about crazy stuff with him. Bill Cooper was like, "Get the f out of here! I don't know who the f you are." Uh, all the, it, all, I believe that he made himself far too noticed in all these different groups to set up for this very thing that he was accused of doing. Right. And they put him in a supermax prison and, and put him or, or or put him around people that talked to him while he was in prison. They had a couple interviews with him. They had the biographer come and everything, talk about his fake childhood and everything. And then he disappears. Right. They, they faked his death. He disappears and he reappeared. Well, it's the same thing they do. Well, yeah, hang on. It's the same thing they do with everybody. Like when we watched the, um, we watched all the Ted K documentaries. You know, they always had the the backstory documentary with all the people and all the, you know, all the feel good stories about when they were young and how this that and the other. They do the same thing with Tim McVeigh. And I think all of those stories are fake. You know, I, honestly, I think those people in that documentary are some great actors. Yeah, I, I think the I think the black woman in the uh with her her kid that passed away and then the guy with the very likely story that he had he that oh yeah, I'm in the same apartment complex as the, these kids and I just fell in love with them and that I guy him, I, I'm, I told him I'm going to buy you some toys and I had toys in my car Okay. And you know and how the building blew up. No, no, no hold on, hold on, hold on. You know how, like, when you have something in your car and you leave it up there and you go up 13 flights of stairs, and you're like, man, I'm not going down there to get that again, unless it's ice cream. Okay, but that's like, not even the reason that guy was in the documentary. His title was he was a medical examiner, so he had, like, a dual role. Right. He was like, oh, I was a medical responder that knew those kids. Mm-hmm. That was, a, that was yeah, he, he actually knew those kids. So there was an emotional attachment to him because they were friends and they were neighbors and they would play together. And he said he would get them toys because little kids like toys. So I had went and bought them some toys and I had their toys in my car, but I forgot to bring them up. And the building blew up before I could bring them to them. So I brought them to their grandmother. And, like, I got these toys. Like, shut up. I gave them to her when they were dead. Right. Like, that whole, like, (laughs) like, Jesus Christ. That right there was what gave the the whole game away on the the noble lie. I mean, besides Alex Jones, obviously. That was was really on during the the documentary, too. I was making dinner, and I was, I, I I had it on. I was looking over at the TV while I had it on. And when that guy came on and started telling that story, I, I had my hands on my hips. I'm like, are you, are you flipping kidding me? <laughs> were so, you doing the were, were you doing the white girl stare? Uh dude, I, I was, dude. The Indian guy? I, I, the bald I, I, Indian dude, guy. It was so it was so bad. It, so- it is, dude. It's like so terrible. It's as bad as the daughter of of uh Uncle Ted's neighbor, remember? The daughter that just like you could tell she's just like yes. every time she tells that story, it gets worse. You know, I ran into him in the woods and he scared me and I scared him and he turned around and went away and I ran home. Right. And it's like, you know, that meme where the two guys walk past each other. and It's like, hey, how's it going? And the guy like, like writes a whole fucking paragraph about how shitty it was. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like two a British and American walk by each other or somebody and somebody walk by each other. That's basically that story. Never mind. People that are listening know the meme. Anyhow, 
I don't believe any of that noble lie story. The more I, the more I think about it, DB, the more I'm starting to lean more towards maybe nobody really did die. Yeah, actually, I mean, it was a federal building. Right. That's true. I'm talking myself out of it. <laughs> and, you know, I, the whole, I, I the don't kids. I don't I don't think a, a whole bunch of kids and everything died. Yeah. I think I think the reason they fake kids dying is the same reason they fake kids dying any other with time. uh with with Sandy Hook. But but the reason they fake kids dying with this is to make it seem like well, okay. You know, we killed a bunch of kids in Waco, but now a bunch of federal kids died. So, mm-hmm. we're squared up. Do you think kids died in Waco? Yeah, I think I think I think people died in Waco. <laughs> I think they, I, I think they murdered a bunch of people in Waco. Yeah, it was a massive sacrifice. Yeah, like yeah. you have you have to imagine at some point they set an example, so to say, right? They leave some bodies for for people to mourn over somewhere. Yeah, which is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it is, though. I mean, same thing in war or anything else. But yes, so Timothy McVeigh was executed really quickly. After you know he supposedly um, you know was conv- uh, was convicted, you know he was he was he was um, assassinated. He was executed almost instantly. Hmm. Hmm. How about that? Cremated, no autopsy. Yep. No autopsy. Weird enough. Yeah, well, you guys keep talking about this fact that he never died and just w- went on living. It's just so weird that there's this guy who's an FBI agent in Florida named Tim Weissapal. Weissapal. Why so pal? All psyop. <laughs> it's an anagram for all psyop. I don't think that's his real name either. No, t- he probably grew up as Timothy McVeigh. Right, 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 right. You know, that, like it and. They gave him an, an absolutely new identity, but they didn't even bother to change his fucking hair. How, how could you? He's like he's got that square, really thick. I don't know. This this guy looks exactly like Timothy McVeigh. Mm-hmm. They didn't even bother to stuff him in another agency. They they're like, all right, what, we're we're gonna stuff you in like the Department of Agriculture. Okay, all right, yeah, right. No, nope, right back in the FBI. Yeah, we're going to put you in uh, the Bureau of Land Management nope. or something. Or, nope. or nope. How about some sort of a foreign dignitary? You know, get out of the United States. Here's a bunch of money. Get out. Yeah, put you down Patagonia. Right. Somewhere. Oh, I'd love to go to Patagonia. I know you would. All that beef. Anyways. Um, oh, wait, that's the mountains. I'm thinking I'm thinking of the, of the, the pamphlets. Anyways, whatever. It's amazing. Yeah, you're right. They didn't even try, dude. Again, they're not even trying with their actors, their witnesses. I mean, their witnesses look like like even the women, the women look like feds, right? They look like that woman looked like she worked in an FBI office. The the one with the, the chubby faced one that that went around with her husband trying to get information, right? Janet something. What? Is this as bad as the Challenger astronauts 
this is worse alive this and, is worse and pretending to be their their identical twins uh no i don't know that's because there's like what nine of them eight something like that. yeah and like one of them's just actually living by his regular name i forgot what i always forget which one but like it's just yeah, the one guy's just like i don't know that guy had a that was very coincidental that he has the same name and face as me why would you say that was me that's weird Right. And, uh, right. I don't know, man. This is just as bad. Again, they they hate you. They think you're stupid and they're laughing at you with this. Absolutely laughing at you. Mm-hmm. And why shouldn't they? To be honest with you, why? Sh- why shouldn't they? If this guy can walk around uh, at whatever agency he's at and there isn't like at least 15 people a day going, God, he looks just like Timothy McVeigh. What, what would the odds be? I don't I don't know. I don't know how people that see him would even know how to, you know what I mean? Would even be like, I don't know, man. I, so I mentioned earlier that his nose isn't turned the same way. His ears are a little different, but these are things you can change. Up very sure. easily. And they didn't Absolutely. even do a good job at that. It's, it's that, it's that like three inches of your eye line, like, that's how you identify someone. Mm-hmm. And those are the same. One one of the things we didn't get into are the forensics surrounding the fact that fertilizer and gas could not have possibly caused the damage to the building that was that that happened. It this is worse than this is worse than uh jet fuel burning steel beams. It's pretty bad because the United States Air Force uh Demolition teams and EOD have been trying to replicate this bomb for years. They've tried. I forgot how many times. We we did an episode on this a long time ago, and uh, we got into that pretty heavily. And they've never been able to get an ANFO bomb to create that size of a blast, that, that strong of a blast that would actually uh, absolutely obliterate a building like that. It hit a building so hard that a main gir- uh, main beam on the opposite side of the building blew out, right? Yeah. They, so they found they've actually even literally recreated the building. Mm-hmm. And um, they found that the, the 1,200 pounds of explosives in the truck bomb, that basically the first one that ignites, it just kind of impedes and blows up the other barrel. Like they don't, they, it, it's not like a chain reaction, like H-bomb thing. You know what I mean? Like one goes off and it blows up the other compartments inside the truck. And mm-hmm. the explosive, yeah, again, they had how many? It goes like up. It doesn't go out. And so like there are like major forensics autists who disagree with the idea that there was one bomb altogether. There had to have been a second bomb under the column, main column of the building. Had to have been. It was a main column. Yeah, it was a main column on the opposite side of the building. It blew out, and they they replicated this. And how many barrels that fifty five gallon drums they have? It was like they filled the truck with it. I don't know how many ever that is. And the problem with that was, it's like that's a lot of fertilizer and diesel fuel. But um, when they're separated in barrels like that, it makes the blast that much smaller. And a lot of the blast like hit would like hit a a barrel next to it. And cause it not to explode, or the explosions would kind of like negate each other almost. You know the 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 um the pressure, 
And they just can't replicate this. So just the fact of that bomb not being able to be replicated, you know, how many years later with the, the Air Force spending millions of dollars trying that wasn't info and they got they got to stop lying you know they they're lying and everybody knows it like you have to know that i mean there's no way yeah who i mean would how know? can you not explosions know explosions do not work the same as they do in the movies right but just the fact i mean if that truck was full of say dynamite maybe tnt you know the stuff that they the stuff that they pretend is nuclear explosions if an actual Rider truck was full, I think you would have a better shot at it. But like, but Anfo it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't, and that's easily the, Googled. What was the embassy in the late nineties before nine eleven that uh, had a similar explosion and mm. in front of it was that in Saudi Arabia, uh, or was that in or, or was that in Kenya? We had we had an embassy like. There, there were a couple. There were a couple, like Muslim terrorist attacks prior to nine eleven that they said, mm. "Yeah, we we did we weren't paying attention to the signs." You know, well, eighty three. Well, eighty three is Beirut. No, no, this is this is in the late nineties. No, it I know. Had, it, it was it was like a truck bomb that went off in front of an embassy and had a similar explosion explosion pattern to the Oklahoma City bombing. Well, there was two in in ninety eight uh, in Kenya and Tanzania. Okay, that's that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I I'm thinking those were controlled demolition as well. Uh well, there's a fast facts article about it, so probably. <laughs> Anytime you have a five fast facts about what's this guy's name? The U.S. Embassy bombings. They just have a random Arab. Well, there you go. I, yeah. I, I just Timothy McVeigh is still alive, lives on as uh Wisop. Wisop. So, I mean that's not even a real name, dude. <laughs> um so Terry Nichols went to he can't be charged for the same thing twice, right? Mm -hmm. So he didn't get the death penalty because at that point the grand jury that was selected to indict him for a death penalty thought there was enough um what's it called a question of doubt basically because him. they weren't allowed yeah. they were one guy was actually told you are not allowed to see these tapes he wanted to see the, the videos there was all kinds of stuff that the grand jury wasn't allowed to see and the guy kept talking about a book it, it goes against the book it goes against the book i'm like what book yeah so they're basically trying to say that the head of the grand jury was the only one who was allowed to ask for you know certain things He's saying this guy was saying no, like uh, all of us are able to request these things. This is bullshit. And so the, the grand jury on this case never actually saw Timothy McVeigh and anyone else get out of the vehicle. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why they didn't give Nichols the death penalty. Hmm. So now he can't be tried again for the second, you know, like double jeopardy style. Now that he's found not guilty, he can't be found guilty again, right? He got a life sentence, but he wasn't put to death. He went to, I think it was a district attorney, somebody after the trial, and he, he wanted to do like a tell-all on this. Mm -hmm. he's, still, he's still in prison. Yeah. 
Surprise so this poor alive. bastard who was implicated in this, they tried to kill him, <laughs> and the grand jury decided not to. So it's interesting that when you look up the OK bombing, uh, one of the biggest Mayakopas about this is that he was the guy in the truck. Hmm. <laughs> well, the story keeps changing to this day. What do you guys think it. about the German, the Straussmeyer? Oh, Straussmeyer. He was, what was he? The son of a Hitler's somebody's. He was like a high off. I forgot who he was the son of. He was the son of somebody's of of like somebody's guard, mm-hmm. or something like that. Something like that. Hitler's something something to do with Hitler. I don't know, but apparently he had he had a clearance and like the key the the key to get into different government buildings. Right. So. Right, which is weird for somebody who is uh, related to Nazis. Right, and a a woman who is assigned to that group said that. There was all kinds of feds and stuff already there, and nobody was communicating with one another. And that she tried to telegraph to people that they, they, they're talking about blowing up this this building in Oklahoma City all the time. Somebody should do something about it. And nothing happened. You know, so she has this guilt on her. She felt bad, so she had to come out as a whistleblower. Hmm. And don't the whistleblowers usually get shut down, though? Right, but not this one. This one went on like 60 minutes or 2020 or something. (laughs) Well. Well, just like the story that uh, Bill Clinton had Osama bin Laden in his sights, you know, but but he he said, you know, stand down and they didn't they didn't kill Osama bin Laden. So it was, you know, it was the red team narrative that 9-11 was actually Clinton's fault. For not pulling the trigger on Osama bin Laden when he had the chance. It's like, yeah, same. There you go. It's like a freaking movie. He should have stabbed Adam Lanza when I had him in my chair. He's he's sitting there in the war room and he's got he's got Osama bin Laden in like a green filter on the screen and there's like a target and there's like a guy in the the walkie-talkie saying, "I've got the shot. I've got the shot." And, and Bill Clinton's like, no, that's cool. Don't don't do it. Yeah. Just let him go. I don't know, man. Maybe smoke some. He's pot. not gonna. He's know. not gonna do like a nine eleven on us or something. <laughs> just <laughs> just let him go. <laughs> uh, it's also fake and gay. <laughs> yeah, it's very fake. Extremely gay. All of it, dude. All of it's fake and gay. So, anyway. So Oklahoma City bombing fake confirmed faking gay. Confirmed faking gay, yeah. Yep. Man, you guys can't have anything anymore. Nothing. Not even the Oklahoma I had, City. I bombing. hadn't really put much thought to it. You know, like I, I, I hate to say I know it's a huge tragedy and all. Is it? Uh, or, or it's, died? Well, it's, it's a hu- it's a macro dose. It was a macro dose crisis from the nineties, right? Sure. Like they they punctuate it right into the middle of that decade, and I. It's not really something that's brought up that often or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, what was nine eleven? Sort of eclipses it, right? Oh, absolutely. Nine eleven was huge, though. Nine eleven was 
I don't think Oklahoma City got as much national attention as 9-11. I mean, even close to as much national attention as 9-11. Well, this this also led into the Gulf of Tonkin thing. The Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, it was. This was closely related to the uh, declassification of the Gulf. Oh, the declassification of the Gulf of Tonkin stuff. Yeah, anytime there's anytime there's a declassification of something or something comes out. Well, don't forget, like like you were saying before, Grognak, that. uh, that the Clintons had a lot of stuff going on. Um, all the drug trafficking information, all the investigations from Mena, Arkansas, all that stuff that was all stashed for some reason. And from Arkansas to the Oklahoma city federal building, the Arthur P. Murrah federal building. And apparently, um, what was it that this happened? Was it, uh, the day? Oh, here it is. The building in Oklahoma City was blown up and destroyed just four days below before Hillary Clinton was to be indicted in the Whitewater scandal. All documents were lost. Again, another one, just like 9-11, they took down Building 5, which was, well, they took down the entire complex, but Building 5 was, and Building 7 were just cleanup, right? All the Enron stuff and all the CIA stuff was in Building 7, and Building 5 was all this HUD, all the housing, and something else, something else. In building five, it's just 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 paperwork destroyed, and in Oklahoma City, they even had a cleanup crew come in, like you said, uh, Grognak, to come in and clean up, as opposed to help look for bodies. So that to me is like, you know, maybe there aren't any bodies. There are there are some other connections though. What's that? So Gulf of Tonkin incident, right? Mm-hmm. Jim Morrison's. Dad was in Gulf of Tonkin, right? Jim Morrison was in The Doors. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison in The Doors, mm-hmm. and in 1995, he played the best Batman in Batman oh, Jesus Forever. Christ, it comes full circle. Full circle to the not the best Batman. He's not the best. That's your opinion. You're allowed to have it's, your opinion. My opinion it, is he is not. I see it more as a fact, but no, I mean that is completely your opinion. That means you have to pick a best Batman. Nineteen ninety five. I already said Christian Bale like is Bruce Wayne. Um, to be honest, like the first Batman movie is still my favorite. Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. The first two, those are great. I can't. I like. I can't get mad at either of those. So, I don't know. It's maybe it's nostalgia for me, but I liked it. I liked Michael Keaton. I I think it has to do with with who he was playing off of. Who was Val Kilmer? What was who was the bad guy? And that was it. I th- I think you like Tim Burton's version. That's why it's Tim Burton. Yeah, I think it's just Tim Burton. Who did Val Kilmer? Who did Val? Who was Val Kilmer's I, nemesis? I think t- I would love to see Tim Burton's adaptation of the Oklahoma bombing. Ooh, wait a minute. What? Yeah, why not? I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, George Clooney's the worst. Val Kilmer, I go number six. Ben Affleck, no, number ben, five. Adam West, the, number four. Got that all messed up. I would say Val Kilmer won Christian Bale, then uh, Mr. Mom. I, I, you see... Uh, 
I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale. Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, Adam West, Ben Affleck, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Batman Forever. Who were the bad guys in Batman Forever? I don't even remember. That's how. That's how bad. No, I I would argue that that's how overwhelmingly good a performance Val Kilmer had was that you can't remember the villain. I can't remember the movie at all. That's how that's how bad it was. Which one? The Val Kilmer one. The the Val Kilmer one. That was uh Batman Forever. That was that was the one with Two Face and um okay. Jim Carrey, wasn't Two it? Two Face? Okay. Yeah, it was Two Face and uh Jim the, Carrey. Was it the Riddler? Riddler. Yeah, okay. Yeah, dude, Val Kilmer even said, dude, Val Kilmer hates that movie. He said it's so bad, it's almost good. He hates all of his movies. Um, He doesn't watch any of his movies after he sees them. I like Kevin Conroy. You you guys ever see the uh, animated series? Oh, the Batman animated series? Yeah, Yeah. where where you have Mark Hamill as the Joker. Mm -hmm. That doesn't count. That's fucking cartoon. It doesn't count. Yeah, it counts. It doesn't count, but also I, I I do love that show. But no, came from a comic. It counts. Damn it. Best, best Batman. Best Batman is Michael Keaton. Second best Batman is is Christian Bale. Sorry, that's my that's that's not just my opinion. That is actually the internet's opinion is Christian Bale over over Michael Keaton. I mean, they're they're wrong. Uh, so who's the better Patsy, Lee Harvey Oswald or Timothy McVeigh? Um, man, that's good. Uh, Oswald Kennedy, bigger bigger thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, bin both Laden. Of dis- both Osama of bin Laden. Or, both of them ironically disgruntled uh, military guys. Yep. Military guys who got involved into extremist political movements. Yeah, one was a commie, one was a white nationalist. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Weird. Interesting that. Uh, who's a bigger patsy? Um, oh, Jesus Christ. I just forgot who now. Lee Harvey Oswald or Osama bin Laden? Uh, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Yeah. Adolf Hitler or Osama bin Laden. He was like, what, the 27th son of an oil magnate? Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, McVeigh, still great, out there. Great. Still out there. Still out there, probably trying to round up white nationalists as an FBI agent. If Wahhabist movements were real, I yeah. would say that Osama bin Laden would have been great advertising. Like, Listen, this guy's willing to give up all his riches and fame for the cause. Yeah. You know, what's what's your what's your excuse? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh, another Tim. It's another Timothy, wasn't it? Tim Osman. Yep. They like that name. There are some who call me Tim. Hmm. Timmy. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna get out of here. Timothy McVeigh didn't do nothing. Actually, I don't think he was just a patsy. I don't think any, yeah. We don't think any of that shit happened right now. Good Lord. Did anything happen, wa- guys? You mean the wanderer. <laughs> <laughs> On my Commodore 64, I still don't believe he had computer. I don't, I don't believe that. I still don't believe that. I named myself after a song by Dion. I don't even know who Dion is. Dude, I love that this guy got pulled over because he was driving without plates while he was speeding. Dude, yeah. Fucking dummy. Yeah. You blew up a federal building. And you drove off. Driving around with no plates. Like, what a a dumbass. That's not real. That That was the part from our first episode. When we did the first episode, that was the part where we were like, come on. Yeah, that's enough. 
All right, we are going to get out of here. There will be a creepypasta following this, and we will see you Tuesday night for the live Nationalist Inquirer over on Pilled DLive and obviously Odyssey. Uh, I should be saying it Pilled, Odyssey, and DLive because, or yeah, because DLive isn't really all that happening anymore. Mm. But come join us. It'll be fun. We're going to shitpost the news like we always do. All right. You guys have a good rest of your weekend, all right? You too. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you all later. Time travel. It makes you gay. It was a bloodbath, and the whole house was a wreck. The whole family was massacred, and it was done in the most brutal fashion. In the middle of all this carnage was a giggling baby in a cradle. This is the killer's M.O., so to speak. He takes out whole families and then leaves a jolly baby in the middle of it all. The baby is full of life. The wreckage he leaves behind is done in the most remorseless fashion. The killer enjoys this, and the stress is clearly released through the act of killing. He loves it, and this is the third family that has been massacred by him, and a third living baby just left in the middle of it all. The babies left behind are not related to the families, but simply they are symbolic. The killer takes away life and then puts new life in the middle of it all. I guess it makes him feel like God to take life and then to give a new one. The babies have always been found to be giggling and obviously completely unaware of the chaos that had happened around them. The babies are simply taken to foster care. People love fostering babies and I guess that's the only good thing about all this. Then in the middle of the night as I was walking alone, the killer grabbed me and he confessed to me what he had done. I told him that he was definitely meant for hell, but he smiled and replied, hell, I have lived a good life when I was alive. Then I was sent to heaven, and in heaven, you get to do whatever you want. I can now act out my dark desires. I resisted these desires while alive, and now I can do them without ever going to hell. Then he vanished. We have seen too many families massacred now. So when he massacred another family, and a giggling baby left alive in the middle of it all, I did check out the guy who grabbed me the other night. He was telling the truth and he died about a year ago. He had a loving family with a community that loved him, but nobody knew that he had resisted temptation to kill all his life. And then finally getting into heaven, he can do what he wants. All over the house written in blood, it reads, I am already in heaven. <laughs>